genre. It's Franchiseography, the podcast that digs deep into the entire filmographies of Hollywood's biggest film franchises. I'm Nick Jimenez. I'm Scott Corelli. Today, we begin our mini-series on the Twilight Saga with the 2008 pop culture phenomenon, Twilight. And we have a guest joining us to talk about baseball, young love, and the weather. It's Dagny McCartney from the Poptimist Podcast. Hello, everyone. I'm very, very, Hi. very excited to be here again on Franchiseography. Uh, and I very much did too much research maybe on Twilight, but it's been fun revisiting the Twilight franchise. It's been a minute, so it's, it was a it, nice reason to rewatch. Yeah, there's a lot to get into. I'm excited to see like what similar things we uncovered. Twi I'll tell you my progression of what I did to prepare for this. And then I know you guys Please. usually ask like what my history is with the mm -hmm. franchise okay i do you want me to just get into that or is there other introductions to the show that you guys need to do i'm just excited about twilight <laughs> yeah please <laughs> like what, what what did you do to get ready um so about three weeks ago i had a sunday afternoon free and i was like okay i should probably watch twilight i hadn't been putting it off but i just hadn't had time and so i watched the first one and then I was like, you know what? It's only 7 p.m. Let's watch New Moon. So I watched New Moon and then I watched Eclipse uh, and then I fell asleep. And then the next day I wasn't feeling great. I said that in air quotes. I mean, I, I wasn't feeling that great, but I did call out of work and I watched Breaking Dawn part one and part two. So in the span of 24 hours, I rewatched all five films and boy, did I have a great time. Uh, I'll talk about my podcast later, but I it's very hard for me to not like something. And I forgot that these movies, they're not great. I will claim they are not the best films ever made. But I had a grand time rewatching these. And my history with Twilight, I hate being that like I knew about it before everybody else. But I, I did. I went to Barnes and Noble and didn't know what to buy. My mom was like buying her mystery British novels. And I asked one of the sales reps, like, a recommendation of what's something good that I might like. And I was prime age. It was like six, sixth or seventh grade when the book came out and mm. it was on an end cap. She was like, we got this in this week that people have already bought it and finished it. They really like it. So I guess I'll recommend this. I haven't had a chance to read it yet, but it's been a big hit and it's only been here for a week. 
And so I read Twilight before any of my friends. And so I had like gate kept it for a little while. <laughs> and, um, and then it was like, it got really big. And I did have that like part of me that was bitter that everybody was now cool with tw like Twilight was the new cool thing. And I was like, I know I was, I knew years ago it was cool. So I had a soft spot in my heart for Twilight. And then because it got so mainstream, I was kind of, uh, a little bitter about it, but I have. Sure overcome that <laughs> the, the exact thing the exact same thing happened to me with napoleon dynamite in middle school <laughs> <laughs> very very similar yes um yeah i think that's very that's very funny man napoleon dynamite uh, also something i should revisit sometimes i saw soon. that in, in theaters with my dad and it was just me and him <laughs> and we were like what was that and then months later everyone was wearing like vote for pedro and stuff um, of course Scott. both both mormon franchise very franchises. holy shit <laughs> There's Scott Gorelli <laughs> with a three-pointer. Yes, yes. Oh, man. I love that we uh, both gatekept these movies. Gatekept as much as maybe Edward. Uh, oh, no. That, right. We'll get into the gaslighting and gatekeeping of Edward Cullen. Girl boss. Yeah, the girl yeah. boss energy of Edward Cullen. S Scott, um, I'm, a, I, I'm actually a little unfamiliar with your personal history with, yeah. with the series, with the franchise <laughs> the phenomenon. So <laughs> I probably had... Um, the worst experience you could possibly have with this franchise, um, going into it, I have learned to appreciate it for what it is now, but like when I had a very similar experience to Dagny where I went to a bookstore and I was like, I was like, I was going through like a vampire phase where I had like just rewatched Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I had just rewatched Interview with the Vampire and I was like, I want vampire stuff. <laughs> and so I went to the bookstore and I was like you guys got any great vampire books? And they're like, this just came in and it was Twilight. <laughs> and I was like, great. I, uh, YA, like, you know, th this sounds like my kind of thing, a YA vampire romance thing. Um, and I read it and I thought it was one of the worst written books I've ever <laughs> read. But I read the whole goddamn thing. Exactly. The whole thing. Did you read and, all of the uh, books like, or just the first one? No, just I only read the first one. Okay, I, okay. I, I, I was like, I'm not going to read that. I'm not going to read anymore because uh, I didn't enjoy reading Twilight. <laughs> but um, so but I read it. I read the whole thing. Good. And I I just sort of felt it, it just didn't it didn't feel like Bella was a character, which bummed me out. Um, she was just sort of like a choose your own adventure heroine kind of <laughs> where it's just like, yeah. this is really you reader. Mm -hmm. You are Bella. Yeah. Um, and these, these men want, want you, they're in love with you. Um, <laughs> and that's all well and good, but like, as like a, you know, a teenager, you know, I, I, not even a teenager, I guess I was out of high school at that point. When did the book get published? Oh, five. Oh, five. Oh, five. Yeah. Okay. So I was like 20 um 2021 and uh and reading this book about this teenage girl <laughs> i mean you know i was it's the kinds of things that i like to read sure buffy like you said yeah yeah but this wasn't it for me and mm. then but i read it and it was not popular at all really at the time just no. like dagny i read it and i put it on the shelf and i was like okay um that'll be the end of that that certainly won't be a pop culture phenomenon uh and then it was and i was like what is going on did you guys read the same book that i read and then the movie came out and and you know the ca i remember the casting was a big deal when that happened i was like okay cedric diggory that's interesting and uh i don't I, but then you know you see the first trailer and i was like yeah that's 
that's the book I read. I mean, that's what it looks like in my head. So like, yeah, but I never saw it. I didn't go see it because like I found, I found the whole like Twihard thing very exhausting at mm-hmm. that age. Um, and so I just didn't get near it. And then it wasn't until I started dating a girl in 2010 who loved the Twilight series. Oh boy. And she took me to a trilogy screening of Twilight, New Moon, and Eclipse. And I was interested in Eclipse because I knew who directed it. And Mm. I had heard from people, like film people, that they were like, it's pretty good. Like, it it looks like a real movie. It feels (laughs) like a real movie. Like, he really directed the shit out of it. And I was really interested because that director, whose name is escaping me, it's David something, right? David Slade. Mm -hmm. David David Slade, Slade, the 30 Days of Night guy. Who had also done, you know, a vampire thing, obviously. But um, people were saying, like, you know, it's funny that he's directing this because he shit on the Twilight franchise just a couple years before. And now he's directing a Twilight movie. And all of that was, like, enough to get me interested. So, really, the whole night was sort of counting down to that movie because that was the one I was the most interested in. Yeah. Um, But I watched all three of them in one sitting in a movie theater. um, That's a lot. It was a lot. It was it was definitely a lot. It was definitely a lot. Um, but I didn't hate them. I just thought they were very silly. Yeah. And but 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 I couldn't help but be kind of charmed by them. But not enough that by the time breaking the Breaking Dawn movies came out, I never saw them. So I still haven't seen the Breaking oh, Dawn movies. Oh, I'm excited for you, listeners. I'm rubbing Dawn. my hands. I'm I'm very excited <laughs> about getting to those this time around because uh, I hear that they are batshit insane and i wish i could have been there at a midnight screening of that second breaking dawn because i do know about the thing that everyone lost their mind over so i'm excited to get to that so that's my twilight thing i definitely went through ebbs and flows of being like this is bad for women this isn't it's fine it's harmless (laughs) uh to being like oh maybe it's actually very harmful and now i'm just kind of like who gives a shit? They're movies. Like, yeah. I don't, like, it's fine. <laughs> They're sparkling um, vampires. We can't take it that yeah. seriously. <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of where I'm at now. What about you, Nick? Thank you. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I'm like somewhere in between age of, of both of you. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. I was like, I, I definitely remember being in like a middle school or high school and seeing the book on top on like on girls desks and binders and stuff in school, like with yeah. the apple and like how thick Classic. it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And then I was like, oh, that's that book cover I've been seeing everywhere. <laughs> what, one technical question about the Twilight series. Mm-hmm. Did these get released in hardcover or did they all go straight to that iconic paperback? It has I, to be paperback because I, I don't have any hardcovers. They're also like yeah. still in Texas in boxes because I didn't bring them to Los Angeles <laughs> when I moved mm-hmm. here. Oh, no, you didn't? I didn't. I did not. Uh, I wonder if my roommates have down their bookshelves upstairs, but I'm pretty, I don't think, maybe they did a later release of hardcovers, but I don't think they came out in hardcover. Sorry, old friends, yes. you're staying here. That's very yeah. interesting. It's very them. interesting because Twilight is like sort of, Right in the middle of like Harry Potter, which was all hardcovers, very prestigious, mm-hmm. and Hunger Games, which were also all hardcovers, mm-hmm. uh, hardcover releases. So it's interesting that Twilight is like, I that, have, I just think of that glossy cover, thick, mm-hmm. kind of yes. tall paperback. I have yeah, a weird yeah. sense of memory because this was during my prime, like wandering on borders for three hours era. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and for so. Sure. I have like a weird memory of seeing like hardcover Breaking Dawn books, but you know this is very Googleable. I might just see. Yeah, I bet our listeners 
<laughs> um, I can't remember ever seeing outside of like collectors editions. Yeah, that's what like I'm reprints. thinking. Yeah, I I can't think of like first out release hardcovers of the Twilight books, which is fascinating. They knew who their audience was. Yeah, they I'm did. We didn't care. We just wanted yeah. the content. I will say about the movies. I too, Scott was not like charmed by the- I wasn't oh, obsessed with the movies. I didn't read all the books and I enjoyed them, but I hadn't rewatched the movies since I saw them in theaters. And that's why wow. this was fun to rewatch because I forgot a lot about them. Uh, but yeah, I never watched them after I saw them in theaters. I was like, okay, uh, that was the, the books and I'm done with that chapter of my life. Mm-hmm. And then you guys had me yeah. reopen it and I got sucked right back in. <laughs> I didn't reread the books, but I did watch all five movies in essentially one sitting. I came uh, I came this close to reading the books, um, adding, adding that to the, but I, I just, I looked down the barrel of it and I was like, no, that's just, that's, that's too much, Nick. Yeah. Who has the time? Who, uh, yeah, yeah, that you would, that would drive me. You're going to read, you're going to read four books in, in, in a month <laughs> of content. Like yeah. that's insane. I would be, yeah, it would be like a Stanley Kubrick movie by the end of it. Yeah. Uh, oh my God. What? Uh, <laughs> I had recently rewatched these movies. In fact, like a lot of people, I uh, I did a quarantine 2020 rewatch of of mm-hmm. the whole saga on Netflix, and yeah. um, it, that was really the time when I really started thinking about them again and mm-hmm. how weirdly prevalent Twilight had been through my high school years. It was definitely not cool to like Twilight by the time I was in high school. No. It was kind of like, you know, One Direction or Backstreet Boys or, you know, like pop culture has fewer, like has such disdain for things that like is mostly liked by teenage girls. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Just Twilight silly. was, yeah, yeah. The, uh, you know, yeah, the, the, the rancor now is kind of laughable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Buffy staked Edward the end, said the t-shirt. <laughs> um, but yeah, I remember like not like being fascinated by the movies and kind of watching them to like like laugh at them and make fun of them because they are goofy movies. Mm-hmm. But um, there was, I think now that I'm older, I can kind of appreciate what is kind of lightning in a bottle about, especially this first movie and this series and the whole history of it is really fascinating. Yeah. But like, I remember being like the art indie movie kid, like defending Kristen Stewart a lot with my friends at school. <laughs> I'd be like, no, she, she really seen into the wild or Adventureland. She's really good. Like, You're a simp. <laughs> Oh my gosh. That's what I feel <laughs> it's like. Not even I, a word yet. I I didn't like justify Kristen Stewart, but I definitely was like uh a uh, Robert Pattinson, not Stan at the time, but I was like, no, he's good. He just was given bad writing and a very right. bizarre character. Even though I when I looked up fun facts about it, I didn't realize he spent like two months living in Oregon getting into character for this. It was his first American role. He had never done an American accent in a movie. And he secluded himself to be as much like Edward as possible. So good for him for really putting in the effort. Uh, but just Absolutely. the movie itself. He did the best he could with what he had. And I love him. Um, you, you know, yeah. effort is kind of the word of the day, Dagny. Um, <laughs> yeah. it, especially for this first episode. I was, I've really gained a, a, a huge admiration for the production of this first movie. And mm-hmm. the work that went into it above and below the line. Yeah. <laughs> um it was not an easy shoot. And no. and we'll get into it. But before yeah. that, uh any serious conversation on Twilight has to begin with Stephanie Meyer. Yes, absolutely. Uh, 
our Bl- queen and savior. Twi- Twilight star, <laughs> Stephanie Meyer. <laughs> <Rudy> Meyer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, Bethany was the one who spotted her while we were watching it last night. She was like, was that Stephanie Meyer? And we rewound it. I was like, it is Stephanie Meyer. Yep, her little diner cameo. We love yeah. it. They're like, here's I Stephanie, here's your cobbler. I can't, I watch it again yeah. this morning and I don't remember what she hands her, but she's like, here you go, Stephanie. It's very, it's very obvious. I, I love that the God of this universe just like comes down every once in a while to eat at this mm-hmm. diner. Yes. Oh, <laughs> Steph. We love her. Nick, do you have thoughts particularly on our Lord and Savior, Stephanie Meyer? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, she's a really interesting character that I, I have kind of a lot of mixed emotions about, like learning about just kind of the process of this movie. So she moved from Connecticut to Phoenix at age four, uh, and Phoenix being where Bella starts her yeah. journey. Yeah. Um, she went to high school in Scottsdale, where she obtained a National Merit Scholarship that paid for an English major to Brigham Young University. Um, she went to Brigham Young University because she Googled it wow. and it was ranked last at party schools. <laughs> but she, wait, was she, she wasn't Mormon? She was, she was raised Mormon. Oh, okay. That's what I thought. I, I thought, I thought you were saying she just stumbled upon BYU because she was oh, like, no. this seems like a safe choice. <laughs> okay. I'll go sorry. here. Mormons. <laughs> oh, who are they? Let's see. Let's base a whole book around them. Uh, Okay, and by her own by her own admission, uh, Meyer was not uh, a writer but a reader. Okay. She like she got an English major because she wanted to just read all day. She uh, didn't really harbor dreams of being an author or a writer. She took one writing class in college, and that was just to graduate for her major. So mm. uh, she she gets married in college after college. She has some kids. She becomes a stay at home mom. And she was like totally fulfilled by this life. She wasn't reaching for the cereal at the at the grocery store, pining of dreams that never were, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but then one night, specifically June second, two thousand and three, Meyer had a dream. That might have been the day that I graduated high school. <laughs> Whoa! Um, she's able to pinpoint it because she remembers taking her sons to swimming lessons the next day, like the morning after. Mm-hmm. And so she can like go to a calendar and be like, oh, it was it was June 2nd, 2003. Wow. And uh, the dream was of um, and this is kind of this is interesting how this was like in the dream, the nucleus of the idea, uh, an average looking ordinary girl in a meadow with the most stunningly handsome, beautiful boy that you had ever seen. And uh, the boy was a vampire and loved the average looking girl, but also wanted to feed on her blood. And Meyer awoke from that dream and just like, whoa, holy shit. I mean, probably, <laughs> probably, didn't, probably didn't say that. And that dream would go on to be like almost exactly uh, chapter 13 of Twilight, where mm-hmm. they're like in the meadow. In the meadow. And, mm-hmm. and so like propelled by that dream, she just started writing the book. She would like take her son to swimming lessons, write the book uh, 10 pages a day for three months um, just for herself without any intention to publish. Uh, just pro- propelled by like a fascination of the kid. The characters didn't even have names for a while. It was just boy and girl. Oh, and, I did learn um, that Bella be- came oh, from. If she ever had a daughter, she was going to name her daughter Bella. But un- she had three sons, so she never got the chance. And that's why oh. Bella's name is Bella because she wanted to name her daughter Bella that one is day. Her daughter. Wow. Yeah, so Bella, Bella is her daughter. <laughs> uh, Bella's probably why uh, Charlie remains unmarried as well is because she's the the silent mother mm, in the yes. relationship. Wow, oh, that's we'll interesting. Get into Charlie, you know, there was I love him because there was definitely she has said in interviews that Bella is not her is not supposed to be Stephanie Meyer. Yeah, which right. 
I think is something that a lot of people have kind of put onto that or put onto her. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you're right, Scott, that she is definitely kind of written to be like an avatar or at least like written to be average because that was like part of the dream. But what's interesting, though, is I think there's a good question in terms of like, was that cal- a calculated decision or is it because Stephanie Myers isn't really that great of a writer? Like, yes, she wrote in a way that like attracted a lot of teenage girls to her writing. Yeah. But is it is it just like uh like like an alchemy of errors? Do you know what I mean? Like well, I mean like a hard day's night is an alchemy of errors, you know? Yeah. Like those early right. those early Beatles songs, like a lot of the early Beatles fans were teenage girls and you know, James Bond himself was like, turn that shit off. <laughs> sure. It's, yeah. It's just Yeah, Morris. I mean I'm not I'm not saying like she wrote the book that needed to be written at the time and it got hugely successful. Yeah. But like I I I do wonder if that idea of Bella like you said being sort of just specifically a point of view character was that by design? Did she do that mm-hmm. on purpose or did she just not really think to describe her that much or or put too much character into her? When you word it like that, I really I strongly feel like it's the second one because uh-huh. this was written by someone who did not want to be a writer. Who, right. That's what I mean. Yeah. You know, yeah. She hasn't. She didn't go to Oberlin workshops or wasn't in writers <laughs> groups. She, and she was writing this mostly for herself. So she wasn't worried about like technical prose or using the same words over and over again. And so <laughs> right. I think that is why you get the book of Twilight. And it is like, you know, people have po- poked out like the grammar and all the stuff that's wrong with it. But yeah. like there is some kind of emotional core. Like you said, Scott, it was almost like the universe. Just ha- She had this dream and had this story. And just <laughs> yeah, wrote it out. It feels like a teenage girl writing fanfic. Yes, of, and that's of what... a dream she had. Oh yeah, you know? <laughs> absolutely. And I think that's why it's so easy to read because I read them. Yeah, like they. I was probably. I mean, I was a, probably a, about the reading level that it was catered toward. If she even catered it toward a certain reading level, and I read all of them so quickly, probably the fastest I've ever read books in my life, just because they're so easy to consume. The language is so simple. And she is very repetitive. And yeah, well, it's, it, it, it's definitely, it, it feels like a diary almost of hers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it's simple, but it's also like very descriptive. Yes. yes, And very detailed. And l- readers would lose themselves in like the descriptions of like someone's skin or a house. <laughs> I don't know. Yes. Oh, we love it. Yeah. So, uh, so she was writing the book for herself. Eventually she sends it to her sister. Her sister freaks out. She's like, this is the juice. This is the <laughs> shit. Kids are going to cry over this. And Stephanie Meyer was like, oh, okay. So she starts, you know, the process of sending out query letters. Meanwhile, uh, producer, film producer Greg Meridian, months later, was handed a manuscript by a book scout in New York. A raw manuscript called Twilight by Stephanie Meyer that was being edited at Little Brown by uh, Megan Tingley. And uh, Greg Meridian reads this raw manuscript and goes, holy shit. This is the juice. This is the shit. Kids are going to cry over this. <laughs> so um, the book is published in 2005 and is like sells well, but is not a phenomenon because it just came out. Um, yeah, but right. so uh, then the uh, oh, so yeah. So uh, the movie is optioned by Paramount by Greg Meridian mm-hmm. in 2004. So a year before the book is published. Mm-hmm. And so uh, before the book comes out, a, a script is written. Uh, 
what I call the Paramount MTV script. And <laughs> yes. I Oh my God, I forgot about this. Yeah, go ahead. I, I wanted to find this script super bad. It apparently has <laughs> Bella riding on jet skis. Oh and, God, I want it. Uh, working for the FBI. And I think what? they should reboot the franchise and start it off with that script. This yeah, next round, right? Like, the original. I would love. We that. did the we did the version that is just an exact adaptation <laughs> of the books. Now let's get wild. Let's get with wild. It. Send her to space. Why not? Bella's a transformer in this yeah. one. She's she's like really cool. The first scene is her like winning a track meet. That's what we need. Nice. We that's I think the missing part of the movies is Bella is not cool. She is the opposite of cool. Why are all of the men in this franchise obsessed with her? <laughs> like she's especially right. in the books, she dresses so poorly. She wears khaki skirts and like uh just all the men being so obsessed with her. If she was running track meets, flying around on jet skis, I I would get it. I would be more on board with <laughs> the obsession. I don't know. Bella Swan. No, not not to get too far ahead, but just like the characters mm-hmm. that I find unfortunately relate to the most watching this as an adult are like the characters of like Mike. And, the human friends, um, the hum- the goofy human friends, like, hey Bella, look a worm. Be my girlfriend, please. No, where are you going? <laughs> because oh, I feel man. like if Bella was like a real girl at my school at the time, it would be like, oh, Bella from Arizona. She didn't talk to anybody. Wow, she's <laughs> so mysterious. I'll break through. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I misspoke earlier. So that Paramount script was developed before the book was published in '05. So mm-hmm. the book wasn't a hit yet. So they were like, oh, cool. We'll just buy this book, change it, and make it a, a dumb vampire movie from MTV Films. <laughs> um, then uh, a changing of the guard at Paramount led to the movie being stuck in development hell long enough to become a publishing hit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then it becomes like the new Harry Potter, you know, mm-hmm. the next Anne Rice, the big, the big deal. The opposite of I am number four. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Or uh, I am number four, which I think the movie didn't the movie come out before the book, isn't that like yeah. they adapted it so quickly that it was like the book hasn't wasn't even out yet and the movie was out and it was like written in a lab. They created the movie before the book even released. Yeah, it's like Nick said, it was like created in a lab. It's like the boy oh. band of like a YA adaptation. It was sort oh of like oh, we, we needed the, we need a new Twilight because it was during that phase oh. where like everything was like a YA adaptation. Yeah. So they're yes, like, yes. oh, let's develop the book and the movie congruently. Which oh, it kind of happened here. I was surprised how tight the the it timeline is a quick turnaround. Of all this. Yeah. 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 So meanwhile, uh, Summit Entertainment then known primarily at the time for foreign distribution and co-financing movies was like, we want to get into the studio game. We want to release movies. So mm-hmm. one day summon entertainment president, uh, Eric Feig is having a, uh, like a power lunch with producer Karen Rosenfeld, who was president of production at Paramount at the time. And he was like, what have you got? We're a fledgling, <laughs> we're a fledgling studio. And she was like, you know, we own this twilight property. Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants was a book for girls that had a lot of readers and it made 39 million. So that's the budget that we're going to give you. We're going to give you 39 million. Like their expectations were, were very low for this. So Summit buys the property from uh, huh. Paramount MTV and Twilight becomes a Summit joint. Yeah. Uh, cut to a year later at a Sundance dinner in 2007. Director Catherine Hardwick is having another power lunch with. Uh, Eric Feig and Patrick Washberger, a producer, and they're like, hey, we directed 13, you directed Lords of Dogtown, how would you like to direct this Twilight movie? And Hardwick really responded to the like the rawness 
of the like, the love story. Because like even when uh, uh, Meyer was writing the book, she talked about how like you know in like real life, young love can seem like really all consuming. And that's what mm-hmm. happens to Bella is it just like consumes her whole brain. And Hardwick really responded to that and wanted to uh, make something that was really faithful to that that story, which I found super uh, endearing that this was just like a love story about a girl whose like worldview is blown up by falling in love with a vampire. Mm-hmm. And this team of filmmakers really committed to this idea and didn't try to like make it more or like add a government conspiracy or a jet ski because it's like, <laughs> like teen romance is like, Oh, no one cares about that. You know, who wants yeah. to watch? There's not even, there's not even any, like, there's not like you would think like an easy thing to add to this to like add some like action or stakes would be like a vampire hunter character or something. Mm-hmm. And there's not really, there's like, the were the crew of werewolves that are yeah. just like fuck those guys, fuck those vampire <laughs> guys, and then there's other vampires that are like fuck these vegetarian vampires. But like that's it. Like it's it's right. just a bunch yeah. of people who like have issues with each other, and that's that's it. That's all that there is. That's true. There, there's. Yeah. An, I mean, yeah, the stakes aren't crazy, crazy high. They are at mm-hmm. points. I'm excited, Scott. I need to reconnect with you after you watch Breaking Dawn because mm-hmm. okay. stakes do get higher. Uh, I think mm-hmm. that's probably the highest they get. Um, but you um, already know the twist, but you guys will get to that. But I'm curious was... on your thoughts once you watch those movies, Scott. For sure. Absolutely. There's a YouTube video that I, I rewatched for this. I, I was really helpful uh, from Sarah Zed. It was like called Twilight. Is, Why is Twilight suddenly popular again? It was like from February. And she said like the low stakes like kind of adds to the coziness mm-hmm. of yes. like it's the same reason why people rewatch stuff like The Office or Gilmore Girls over and over again is like especially this first movie it really is like oh my god mike asked me to prom (laughs) or yes it is very it's the most teenage relatable film because after it becomes more vampire heavy but it's definitely the first one is mostly the romance and then a little sprinkle of vampire towards the Mm -hmm. end um but it's yeah definitely more of the focus on the love story in the first one yeah but i think you're right scott like you know we 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 all just came out of x-men summer and uh producer of this movie wick godfrey set out to make something that was quote slavishly faithful to myers's books and there's so many times throughout like the development where it would have been so easy to be like this is stupid this is weird (laughs) what does this mean why is he sparkling Let's throw this out because like, that's all the X-Men movies were is like, this looks weird. This is gay. Let's edit this out. Let's, you know, yeah. but they were like, no, it's in the books. We're going to try our best to make it come to life. Yeah. Even if it, even if it like seems really, really goofy. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're going to do it. Uh, this was a very difficult shoot uh, of the 45 days uh, only th- that, that began in March of 2008. Only four of them were without rain. Hmm. Dang. Makes sense. Uh, yeah. Hardwick, being a fan of natural settings and locations, wanted to shoot on location. So during yeah. pre-production, they actually tried going to Forks and mm-hmm. found some locations and did some scouting. And um, unfortunately, it would have cost way too much money to like get everyone over there. Yeah. So they ended up shooting in uh, Oregon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Verona, Verona, Oregon, and Fork St. Helens for the exterior of Bella's house, but uh, that would lead to a lot of weather problems, and uh, 
like yeah they would have to do like they would have to wait for clouds because they couldn't shoot in the sunlight whenever the cullens were on camera there was rain so constant rain so they would have to have like blow dryers and curling irons like ready for the actors in case their hair got wet or Dang. like makeup was running so like the crew basically had to always be thinking on their feet and like working trying to work with the elements at some point they they cuz they would just like get rained out and they couldn't shoot any exteriors, so they didn't want to just sit and do nothing. So they built, they like recreated sets inside like a shed and would shoot like interior of Bella bedroom scenes like in a shed just to like not lose like a whole day. Oh, my gosh. And like their main actor, Kristen Stewart, uh, was 17 for a majority of the shoot. So like mm-hmm. they had to work around her schedule as a minor. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, just like a lot of a lot of factors making this pretty taxing shoot. That's what I read where I think they said she turned 18 during filming and she was rewarded with a birthday cake and a full night of shooting. <laughs> yeah. And the, the cake was like a clock. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They were like, happy birthday. You don't get to sleep. Scott, we start with a deer running through the woods, right? That poor deer running mm-hmm. through the woods, minding its own business. And getting tackled. Yep. Getting tackled. Getting hunted and then getting tackled. Mm-hmm. Um, while... Voiceover, which is throughout the movie, um, uh, voiceover line. of Bella, yeah, of Bella Swan. Uh, and one of the thought. things that I, I, one of the things I noticed right away about her voiceover is that it is kind of the worst kind of voiceover. <laughs> in that, like, there's no context to the voiceover. Like, we don't know who she's talking to or why. No, um, it really is just like. You're watching a movie, and I'm telling you the information that you need to know to understand the movie. That's kind like, of how Spider-Man like... starts, right? Yeah. Oh no, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm I'm not into that either. But <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't know. That. <laughs> yeah, I've talked I talked about that on Spider-Man Minute back in the day. Um, I'm not into it. Uh, I find it very silly. But yeah, it's it's uh it's definitely weird, and it 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 adds to the slavish adaptation of the book because it really just feels like a book on tape you know with visual components yes. a lot of the times mm-hmm. um which is uh which is really interesting but yeah so we meet bella swan uh a, a arizona native who is uh uh going to live with her father charlie swan in the pacific northwestern town mm-hmm. of forks this is uh, valencia um, of california which is the chief of police yes subbing for for arizona Oh, okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. It looks like Arizona. I mean, good for them. They did they did a good job. I like the little cactus. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, her cactus that she has. It's a reminder of home. Yeah. Which Um, I is not in the book. I saw that was one thing that they were like, that's not in the book, that she doesn't have a cactus. (laughs) And I was like, That's your thing that you're picking? Like, why of all the things to be disgruntled about, she brings a cactus. (laughs) <laughs> There's anyway. a few little delightful details like that that I learned, yeah. kind of like stuff they found on the day or on the set. Yeah. Um, and then people right. who are diehard Twilight fans are like, mm, that's not in the book. Why would she do that? So <laughs> silly. Yeah. Uh, I I remember in the book, Bella being more disgruntled about moving to Forks than yes. she is in the movie. In the movie, she seems to be just like. Yeah, I guess I live with my dad now. This is fine. Like, she seems like super chill with the whole situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, isn't is... there, uh, isn't there more detail into like the husband? That the husband's kind of a shithole. He 
I don't know if she doesn't or I don't know if she dislikes him in the books, but he's not as talked up. I know that I read that he doesn't drive her to the airport in the book, mm-hmm. which I don't know if it was, if that's a malicious act, but I think there is a little more resentment toward him just in the sense that like he's changing my mom's whole life, but whatever, I guess I'll go to Forks. But yeah, she does move to Forks without protest within five minutes of the movie. She's there. And I mean, it moves, it gets us going really quick with the plot, but yeah, it's definitely a couple chapters. I think at least the whole first two chapters of the book is her still in Arizona, but maybe I'm wrong. Uh It's been a minute since I've read it. But I, I know I that it's not as easy of a transition. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would know um, if I had forced myself to read the books. Yeah, come on, Nick. <laughs> you need to do more research. <laughs> I let everyone down. How dare you? Um, uh, so yeah. uh, Ch- Charlie Charlie Swan, played by Billy Burke. We love Charlie. Uh, yeah. yeah. Actually from the Pacific Northwest. And oh, wow. Oh. So he added little elements. Like there's a part later on in the movie where he grabs some beer and he calls it vitamin R. Mm-hmm. That's like the real local beer that like people from Seattle would be. Drinking. Oh, I was curious oh. if that was a real beer because I mean, like the can says it. So I was mm-hmm. wondering if that was made for the movie or if that was mm-hmm. a real thing. Very uh, cool. And Charlie's mustache was also made for the movie. <laughs> oh, that, that was his incredible. idea. I I feel that Charlie Swan is sort of the low key MVP of the franchise. Oh, uh, I yes. think that the the only reason the franchise works at all is that it works like in conjunction with him just being like, what the fuck is going on? What is all of this? Why? Yes. He is the only voice of reason in the entire movie. And we, especially going back, like with the new phenomenon of everybody rewatching Twilight, there's been a realization of like, oh, Charlie's the hero. If anyone listened to him throughout this entire film, everything would have been a lot better. And Bella, if she had just listened to her dad a little bit, and he has just some great moments that we'll we'll get to. But yeah, I love tra- rewatching. I was like, I love him. He, Billy Burke does such a great job. That's Billy Burke, yeah. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, I think he's one of the best cast because he really fits the character well as far as like the book adaptation. And yeah, we love Charlie. He's the best. And I think uh, I think those scenes with Billy Burke and Kristen Stewart really sing in this movie because you have mm-hmm. Catherine Hardwick who is going for that raw, awkward, like on Hollywood energy. And mm-hmm. it's like, and when you have those two actors and those scenes are also like, no one is like having bloodlust. It's just very human. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. It It's really impressive how cozy this movie is mm-hmm. considering she's the director of 13, which might be whatever the opposite of cozy is. <laughs> um, so it's it's just very it's it's very surprising that she has like she can master both of those things so well. She's a really good director, very mm-hmm. underrated. She is. Yeah, so Charlie is sort of reintroducing Bill, uh, uh, Bella to the town. Um people are asking if they remember her. Big uh, she hasn't seen them since she was 4. Yeah. Big Rory Gilmore energy. Yes. 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 Definitely. Everyone's just visiting her, paying their respects. Like, oh, mm-hmm. you're back in town. Remember me? I gave yeah. you a slice of cobbler when you were five. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And she like just um, looks at her dad like, am I supposed to remember this guy? Uh, yeah. yeah, the whole time. But you're, but, yeah. but you're right. We do meet uh, Jacob, played by Taylor Lautner, and Billy Black, yes. played by the legendary Gil Birmingham. 
Yes. Yes. Taylor Lautner, who we just saw in uh, Shark Boy and Lava Girl very recently. <laughs> yes. And it is it is fun that we're just sort of like working our way through the career. <laughs> he was almost oh, recast Lautner. after this movie. Nick, I'm sure you probably saw this, but they didn't think he would be able to be as like buff and toned as Jacob is supposed to become, which you guys will get to that right. after he I don't even think he's scrawny in the first movie, but. There was discussions of recasting him before New Moon, which I'm like, he is he he is way, <laughs> way less scrawny than I remembered him being mm-hmm. in this movie. Oh, because like, of the jump. Yeah, yeah because of the jump. Yeah. Like I want we, we got to this movie. I was like, he's looks great. Like he's, <laughs> he, he looks like he's like twice the size of Edward already. Yes. Right. Um, and then like, yeah. And then he turns into the fucking like Lou Ferrigno in the next movie. But like, <laughs> oh yeah. No, we'll talk about it. We'll talk yeah. about male, male body image and the expectations that oh, studios yes. put on young men. Uh, oh, yeah, for sure. And the- but yeah, so so um, uh, Charlie buys this uh, shitty truck from Billy um, and uh, Jacob teaches Bella how to drive it. She, she loves it. Pun- yeah, yeah, yeah she, oh, she absolutely loves it. She just, which the first the first time she does her like blinky, we get mm-hmm. the introduction to her weird little mannerisms and that. She's well, like, oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, so excited about yeah. the car. Uh, and that scene, honestly, good for Taylor Lautner establishing his point of view very quickly because he does not stop staring at her the entire time. Mm-hmm. Uh, after being introduced to him, which it, yeah. I'm like, okay, you you knew the assignment, you understood, <laughs> and oh, you're definitely. like from obsessed with Bella from the minute he met her. The I really time. like the uh the part where she accidentally like opens the door on him, or like they both like bump <laughs> into each other. Yeah, yeah. Introducing the clumsiness I... early on too, because that's really heavy in the book. Is Bella is just constantly falling or hurting herself, and mm-hmm. totally they did class. a good amount of that in the movie. Yeah, yeah, she's, she's slipping yeah. and sliding. <laughs> All not enough to place. like turn it into like a wacky comedy, but yeah, <laughs> sure. Yeah. She's not like Todd from like... BoJack Horseman, but <laughs> yeah, I feel like if they had if they had adapted it exactly like it is in the books, it would just be constant like whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> <laughs> just like constantly falling, banana people on the floor in the cafeteria. Sure. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> she's a real klutz in the book. Wow. Oh, Anna yes. Ferris would have been a great uh, Bella in another universe. Oh man, that'd be fun. Oh, true. Yeah. <laughs> True. We need like a, um, a scary movie for Twilight. If Twilight was Scream, we need like mm-hmm. a scary movie to be like the parody version of. Although Twilight's already kind of a parody of itself. It's it. Well, they it's do. Its own they thing. do have. They okay. do have a scary movie. Uh, oh right, movie, it's called Twilight Vampires thing. Suck. Vampires oh. Suck. Yeah, it was the date movie, epic movie team. Yeah, it, it was, was awful. Yeah, um, awful. Just I truly did not know about this. Next level hmm. awful. Um, we see it. Shocking. <laughs> Bella goes to the to the school and this is where she starts meeting like all of the human friends that she uh ends up having um all of the human friends like a normal human teenage in, girl hi, in all of my notes they're just called human friends because I'm like the names escape me <laughs> they, after a while I'm like there's Anna Kendrick yeah. there's Steve but actually that's Mike I just always think his name is Steve he looks like a Steve Especially in this movie, they almost feel like it's a parody of humans written by a vampire. <laughs> yes. Because they're like the most awkward, <laughs> lame, 
like, the worst. Like, like that scene where Charlie's like, you don't want to hang out with your friends? And he points out the window behind him. And Mike He's is like, just jiggling his butt in the window. Yeah. Or, uh, they really are depicted as the worst kind of people to be friends with. But just because yeah. they're like so lame. They would be the most unpopular people if this was a real high school. And oh I God. and like now, like watching this as an adult, they're the characters that I relate to the most because like <laughs> I know that's how awkward I actually was. And yes. like and like, yeah, they're also like the part where Bella makes like the one joke about like, oh, I guess that's why they threw me out because I'm pale. And like they laugh like it's the first they laugh joke they so ever... hard. <laughs> <laughs> it's not funny. Oh, it's one of my favorite <laughs> moments, though, where they're like, <laughs> and uh-huh. it's not a funny joke by any means. Oh, man. Yeah. And they just keep going, that's good. That's really <laughs> good. good. You're really funny. That's good. That's really good. <laughs> but also, like, that's kind of on Kristen Stewart because it could have been funny. It's just her delivery is like, yeah, that's probably why they kicked me out, which maybe the deadpan in person read a little funnier, but they, mm-hmm. it, it could have been funny to justify the laughter, but no. Well, it's like it's, it could have been funny, but that wouldn't be like the realistic version yeah. of. Yes. Of like this awkward yeah. girl who is just being awkward around other kids, but she's just the new awkward kid, so she's the subject of fascination. Yeah, yeah. she's the new well, toy, get... as they call her at one point. So she's gross. the new shiny toy. <laughs> I hated and it. You definitely, you definitely get the vibe that Mike is laughing because he thinks that she's hot. Yeah, and then Anna Kendrick is laughing because Mike is ha- is laughing, and, and she, she likes, likes Mike, so she needs oh, to do what he's doing. That's I great. think that's probably that. it. But it reads to a general audience, I think, as just like when, if you guys watch Drag Race, when RuPaul just like laughs too much at a joke. That's what it reminds me of whenever it's oh, just like, and you're like oh, very are you, out of a, place. Are you, you're, are you on drugs? Like what? what is? Or like, are, you, are you fucking with me? Are you like messing with yeah, me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Scott, I think you're right. I think that's probably what the director was going for was this, the, the dynamic play. Yeah. Yeah. The cafeteria scenes, like the dynamics are just fascinating to watch. Because, like, it's like in high school, everyone is like, they'll say something and then they'll kind of side eye to see, like, do people like that? Do people think that was funny? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, also going back to your Rory Gilmore comparison, they were going to write a front page feature on Bella Swan, new student at the school, which is. It's wild. Like, like <laughs> the most wildly nightmarishly horrifying thing that could possibly happen to you in high school. Yes, I mean that is a literal nightmare. I, I just, I, I can't imagine. I can't, I can't imagine. Her reaction is perfect. Her reaction being just like, please, no, like, please don't do that. Please leave me alone. Yes, it's so good. <laughs> oh yeah. my god. I also am curious if every time a new student comes to school, if they get a front page spread, <laughs> like oh. that's the news of the day is we've got a new student, which oh. I mean, to a degree makes sense, but also no one wants that. That's the, that is a nightmare. Like Scott said, no, it's the, the worst uh, thing that could happen. Dagny, yeah. in the, like the scary movie, Twilight movie that, that you mentioned, that would be an mm-hmm. amazing joke. They're like, oh, Bella, you have to do the first day feature. Everyone, there's like a wall of everyone's. <laughs> like front page that they got yeah any new student gets oh their front God. page oh and then i would wonder if the if the cullens got a spread at some point because i i assume well they that's a question that i never had answered is if they started like as freshmen at this co- or high school um because they're juniors at this point or edward's a junior i'm not sure about the others but i they move around but i'm wondering if they were new students at some point is that a dress I, yeah 
n- not in the movie because yeah like you know how often do they have to recycle how long do they have to wait before they can go back to a place yeah exactly yeah well he does say later in the movie because they when she sees the the graduation cap i love thing, it <laughs> and he was like he he's like well the earlier that we start the longer we can stay in a town yeah so i i bet they do start off as freshmen, freshmen and they're just like old freshmen and then because <laughs> uh during <laughs> anna kendrick's like you know like intro like you know info dump on the cullens She's mm-hmm. like, yeah, they've lived here for like a few years, but she's so good. She manages to li- to deliver it like she's uncertain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She does a. I, that's one of. It's probably the best way to. Maybe not the best way to introduce them, but definitely, Anna Kendrick does a good job of like. And this is this one, and she's kind of quirky. And Jasper, who he's the one that looks like he's in pain. Um, <laughs> and yeah, she does a great job of it. So and it feels yeah. natural because like this is such a like we said everyone here is such a little goober. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah, in a world where these this family goes to our school, everyone would know everything about them. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, Scott, are so you exotic. okay with this voiceover? I know that. Oh you, I, yeah. Okay. Because cool. you know where I it's like coming this. from. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> There's no, a purpose. I, like this. So I also gonna... like to think. I oh, also like to think that when they did the feature on the Collins, which they definitely did, and certainly didn't ask their permission <laughs> to run. Um, I like to think that the feature looked like something that was like hunting cryptids or something, where it was just <laughs> it was like, like the, the shots they could get. Just like, yeah, just any shots they could get of them. And it's just like weird shots of them through trees and bushes yes. and things. That's the other thing is they that these vampires appear in uh, photography, which is... And reflections. And reflections. Yeah. So they... That would be very funny, though. That would give it away immediately if they did a front page spread and they're like, none of these photos developed with them in it. Yeah. Should we look into this? <laughs> There's people dying in the town. Mm, let's see what's going on here. Yeah. And it just kind of like it's a not knowing or not caring about those rules and writing this book was sort of mm-hmm. like, you know, if she had been more of like a writer brain person, like, would she have talked herself out of like, well, who cares? Like, yeah, they can show up in photographs, whatever. I'm not going to publish yeah. this. I'm just going to show it to my sister. <laughs> Um, and the introduction, the, the cafeteria introduction scene of the Cullens has one of the greatest moments of Emmett trying to appear human by carrying a gallon sized bag of hard boiled eggs, um, <laughs> which is one of my favorite things. That's what, the only justification. Cause I was like, why does he have a gallon sized bag of hard boiled eggs? And I guess my brain is like to appear human, but also you he's know, been dead for so many like decades. Like why he would know, like bring us. I want to seem, seem really human. I'll bring a lot of eggs. <laughs> I'll bring like, you know, at least two dozen I, eggs in this bag uh, already. Unhealed. I have to justify how buff I am. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I saw beauty in the beast and Gaston ate a lot of eggs. So that <laughs> no. must be the if, key to muscles. If the Cullens were <laughs> in high wild. school now, like they would each have like an Insta like fan page run by kids at the school. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Definitely. There would Here's be... Emmett holding eggs. <laughs> They're like, what is this quirky buff man doing with his gallon right. of size bag of the Ziploc of eggs? Ugh, you know, I it's love like it. We always yeah. keep track of what like the weird stuff famous people are doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. They would um, be the celebrities of the school, definitely. So so this uh from the cafeteria scene, we move on to the science class, which, you know, I think if you would have asked people what is the most iconic scene from this movie, like 10 years ago, everyone would be like, oh, well, it's the scene in the woods where he, like, pig- gives her a piggyback ride and, like, yeah, the whole, the whole, like, you know, say it. Oh, yeah, see, yeah, that the, whole, the four, that the, whole scene. yeah, that scene. 
Mm-hmm. That whole sequence, I would say, would be the most iconic. I think now, in 2021, this <laughs> science class scene is absolutely the most iconic scene in the movie. Oh, it's so where funny. Bella steps in front of a fan, Edward gets a, a whiff of her, and then Robert Pattinson decides to look like he's about to throw up. Um, and it is... Just I him mean, covering his nose. Chef oh, kiss. so yeah. good. It's so good. Yeah. It's and just, I imagine it's he's like so holding funny. back his like hunger. Yeah. But it plays like he's about to throw up, which mm-hmm. is very. Yeah. It's just, it's I so mean, uh, that's what Bella thinks for a long time. Yeah. I find it so yeah. deeply relatable that I'm, I, I relate so hard to both of them in this whole episode <laughs> because it's like she thinks that he can't stand to be in the same room as her. And, and like that's like that's kind of half the time it's like oh you have a crush on me i thought you like couldn't stand to be in the same room as me yeah or like oh you were you were into me i thought you looked physically uncomfortable and looked like you wanted to pass <laughs> out so i just thought you didn't like being around me <laughs> which right. is what he's like trying like, to do to a, a degree where he's like oh i want to kill this girl i should stay away from her but i love her yeah. so much and i will get into the rest of why he's well, yeah. so with her, funny but- it's like oh you look, you look physically ill. I thought you didn't like me. He's like, oh, I am physically ill, but I, it's because I really liked yeah. you. Yes, also yes. relatable. <laughs> yes, extremely. Uh, so I guess now would be a good time to talk about uh, our Pats and the, the, the way that Pattinson won the role and saw the character of Edward. Mm-hmm. So yeah. there was a big casting search. They asked a lot of people. Uh, ben Barnes. Henry Cavill. Prin- Henry Cavill. Yeah. yeah. Quite British heartthrobs. But Pattinson got the role because... More than any of the other actors, he really seemed to be channeling the pain of Edward, the mm-hmm. uh, the torment. Because when uh, when Pattinson read the script and read the book and saw this character, he was like, "Okay, this dude's existence would be agony. Like, yeah. he he wants to eat people. He can't. Uh, mm-hmm. He can run really fast, but if he does, he'll be found out. So he just has to like move slow all the time. <laughs> and like he's been alive for hundreds, so he would." on early days on set he would just be like just pained and racked with torment and howard would be like hey man like it's it's a love story it's a romance and he's like but the reality of this is insane and hardwick's like you're just gonna have to do it man and he's like okay Hmm. yeah Yeah. i mean that does come across (laughs) it definitely does and i think that i think the thing that works with this performance is that I think the thing that he figured out is that I'm going to feel all of those things. And the only salve is Bella. Yeah. Bella is the only thing that helps Edward not feel that way all the time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and, but also sometimes makes it feel like twice as bad as it ever does. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know? And I, and I think that that's, it's weirdly relatable and it's it because there's many times where a relationship, usually an unhealthy one, a relationship <laughs> has been has been like a salve for like the misery that I'm feeling at that particular time in my life. You yeah, know, definitely. Um, and so it is it is weirdly relatable. And I think that it's sort of it. he, he finds a perfect balance of like exactly what he's trying to do with the character, mm-hmm. but also finding a way to make the love story make sense within the character that he's playing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's uh, oh, and if you look at the classroom scene, there's a armadillo uh, on the little shelf above Robert Pattinson's uh, shoulder. And uh, oh. that was a personal touch by Texas native Catherine Hardwick, who wanted to. Oh. Uh, she just wanted an armadillo? 
she, yeah, she was like, oh, that's a Texas State animal. Oh, so. cute. I like it. A fellow, another, an, another goddamn Texan. Uh, yeah, and also another goddamn <laughs> uh, UT alum. Oh, oh, wow. But she went to wow. school for architecture and was an architect. And she's like, she estimates that she's designed over like 100 buildings that are standing in South Texas today. Um, Dang. But then That's she was impressive. like, ah, and then what like, you know, yeah. And then she was like, I don't want to do this anymore. And so she went back to grad school for filmmaking yeah, and a movie. fell into. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, um, yeah. And then I, Edward hates. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, please. Yeah. Yeah. So he like tries to, <laughs> Edward tries tries to change classes. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, he, he takes it. He, rightfully he, so. Bella is very offended. But I guess I'll just my, have to bear it. Yeah, it, which is no, just I, very I guess, aggressive. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. I repeated <laughs> oh. this line multiple times last night. The line is, <laughs> I, he turns, looks her straight endure. in the eye and says, then I guess I'll just have to endure it. <laughs> and it's just. It's so mean. It's so oh, mean. It, yeah, man, he's a real. Uh, so am I allowed to curse on this? I want to make yes. sure. He's just an asshole the, for like the good first half of the movie when he's trying to push her away he's just a dick he's so mean the gaslighting is as strong as it could ever be and oh man he's really a bad guy and i didn't catch it when i watched it as a a child essentially is when i watched this movie i was like very team edward but watching it back he is not great at the beginning of this movie uh, that's just really interesting like during the researches there's so many times in the movie where hardwick and meyer refer to Edward as this like the ideal the mm-hmm. like unobtainable perfection like Meyer will be like oh all my characters are based on people that I know in real life except Edward because Edward's too perfect to ever exist in real life and you know <laughs> you know settle you know you, you know settle for a Jacob because no one will ever love you as much as Edward or be as perfect of a boyfriend as Edward and now I feel like the cultural legacy of that character is like he stalks Bella he gaslights her yeah he- well that's true but there there's there's sort of like this interesting thing so like one all of his assholeish tendencies in this first half are all justified later in the narrative where yeah. he's like, I was trying to get you away from me. I was trying to be an asshole on purpose so you would leave me alone because <laughs> I'm trying to protect you, which then becomes a sort of Mr. Darcy kind of thing, mm. which yeah, the ladies love. I mean, that's Mr. Darcy <laughs> is like it was like the first Edward Cullen, you know, like that was like the ideal of like, oh, a perfect man that could never exist. He's a mean because he's trying to protect me from like all of these things. And it also reinforces a lot of uh, uh, stereotypes like gender stereotypes mm-hmm. within Mormon culture where it, the man is the breadwinner and protects the woman and the woman stays home, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So. It all comes from Stephanie Meyer's background and the things that she finds attractive. So, like, I am, I am understanding of where this is coming from. Mm. I don't like it, but I do <laughs> understand it. I guess, yeah, you know, from sure. a certain perspective. Yeah, we'll get to it. But the the specific gaslighting in the the hospital and just a, yes. a couple scenes, mm. it, just where it's so blatant that he's like, "You're wrong. You're wrong. That's not what you saw. You're wrong." That and it's mm. just. Uh, that moment you're like oh yeah the fluorescence like your eyes were black last time we met and he's like no it's just the lighting <laughs> duh and shut up <laughs> leaves uh <Shut> up. <laughs> no you're wrong you're definitely wrong uh everything you believe and have seen blatantly with your own eyes is wrong actually don't trust your eyes <laughs> shut shut your yeah. mouth shut your mouth shut your shut, eyes shut <laughs> <it. Stop> talking <laughs> 
Oh man. Um yeah, what I'm trying to Are we at the truck crash? Almost. Uh, the well, diner. Okay, so so basically, um after the fan scene, Edward starts skipping school. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which yeah, only enforces Bella, like, oh my god, did I smell that bad? <laughs> right. Oh, I did have a question about the I just want y'all's opinion because the mm-hmm. switching classes thing. I'm wondering, my thought is, I think Bella was going there for the same purpose because she's like going to the counselor or the, whatever, the pr- principal's office. I'm wondering if she was also, unless she followed oh. him, but if she was also going there to be like, this guy hates me, I don't want to have to do this again. Should I change classes? So yeah, I, I was like, relatable. what's the, what was her purpose of coming in there? Unless it very well could have been, she was like, he left, I'm going to chase him down and see what his problem is. Right. I think that's what it was. And then she was like, oh, his problem is me. <laughs> uh, very obviously, he's going to have to endure it. So, <laughs> so cruel. Um, okay. Um, yeah, he's not then, showing up to school. Right. And then some guy at the mill gets murdered by yes. a quote unquote wild animal. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I want to take a moment. That's a good a time as any to bring up uh, second unit director and stunt coordinator Andy Cheng, who... Uh, choreographed and designed a lot of the wire fighting stuff in the mm-hmm. movie. Okay. A uh, student of the Jackie Chan school of stunt work. Oh, just, uh, just, yeah, just a real showbiz legend and really did a lot of cool stuff. Uh, like choreographing the, like the, like a lot of the jumping around and the chasing stuff. A lot of that was second unit directed by him. Mm-hmm. Do you know if he stays on for the rest of the franchise or is it just this one? I think it's just this one. Okay. There's right, a lot of, enough. there's a lot of shuffling around after this one. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm sure. Scott, you need to look up at some point um, Robert Pattinson trying to do some of the stunts because he, he can't do a somersault. It's really, you got to watch these videos because Kristen Stewart's like kind of nailing it and Robert Pattinson just can't get it. Uh, I'm hoping with Batman coming out soon, I'm hoping he's, you know, gotten some coordination when, but if yeah. he still just ironically enough, he was the clumsy one on set, not Kristen Stewart. Uh, him just yeah. trying to watch him do a somersault and he tries so many times he can't mm-hmm. do it you gotta look it up well it looks like his batman doesn't have a lot of finesse so that <laughs> might true. be by design he's just by pressing his, the x uh, button over and over again yeah yeah, yeah. yeah they're yeah. like he can't do action but we want him really badly to do it so we're just gonna you know get the we're just gonna make him a wrecking ball <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah um, um very funny so so then after that guy is killed edward shows back up and then they have a good day yes. where Edward is really nice to her and they work on a project together. He asks and... her if she likes the rain. Right. And he's <laughs> being very like nice. Wet and she's like, cold. Cold. Any yeah, wet and she's like, cold why are you being thing. nice to me? Like, you were an asshole. Like, and he's like, you're right. I'm sorry. Yeah. But uh, also, you, you're crazy. Everything that you're saying <laughs> is crazy. Yes. Um, they have their fun then... biology banter of anaphase can i check and it's just like they have their fun little play mm-hmm. fighting you know i believe yeah. you but like yeah, yeah. i they believe already you feel like they're in a relationship yeah they're already um, in love Stuart yeah. especially is just really like just dtf i feel like from the yes from, yes. The from day one she is obsessed yeah. and i mean he is too yeah. but he just hides it a little better not that much better but well, he's 100 years old yeah, 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 yeah. He's had some practice of conceal, don't he's feel. Very, he's very, <laughs> sure. very chaste. I like to think that the reason, the real reason that he's like not wanting to like bone down until they're married is he says it's because of the vampire sex thing, but I think it's because he's cre- he's kind of creeped out with having sex with a girl who's like 16 and he's like 102. And he's yeah. like, you have to at least be 18. 
please. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, <laughs> minimum. Yeah, you gotta. I gotta draw a line somewhere. I think it's like an eclipse or breaking down where he's like, I want to do some things right. Like, you'll get to it. But he's like, I want to do something yeah. right. Like, I can't save your soul. Yada, 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 all that bullshit. But he's like, I, we got to do these things and like prom, graduation, that all that stuff. Yeah. And Just so he's trying, adds, to, yeah. trying to do some things right. Have her. Yeah. Have, an 18 year old human experience so yes. good on him in that aspect yeah. of their relationship not all the other things but he does it just kind of adds try. to uh his self-loathing just yeah. like oh my god i'm in love with a 17 year old i'm 102 <laughs> it's that's right. so creepy what's he's wrong been, with me he's been yes, waiting his whole 100%. life for this 17 year old girl <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> just like slipped on a banana peel into like the garbage <laughs> <laughs> i love her so much oh, man um, <laughs> so so then bella uh is about to get hit by a truck edward intervenes and stops the truck yeah. superman style yeah big handprint um it's a fun stunt it's goes- on like uh it's on one of those like uh granny wires where you can like push it and then like the rig catches it so it never is in danger of hitting the actors all the way right right it's done well um, it's it's very cool i like I do like the car, the van spinning scene, even yeah. though it is like a, oh, 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 the driver. Phil, I think is his name. I can't remember yeah, the, exactly. Yeah. The one who keeps but. like throwing licorice at her from across the parking yes. lot. There's a lot of Twizzlers yeah. in this movie. Um, Very Twizzler centric movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they love it. Uh, so <laughs> Pacific Northwest loves Twizzlers. They do. Um, so the, uh, so yeah, so he saves her, bails. She goes to the hospital. Everything's fine because the truck didn't actually hit her. Mm. Yeah. We meet Carlisle. Then, yeah, we do. We do. We meet Mike Dexter himself. Our Dr. Uh, vampire. <laughs> yeah, Dr. Vampire. I and, had uh, I developed such a fondness for this actor and all of the behind-the-scenes oh, yeah. stuff. He just seems so happy to just be on, <laughs> he's the, just on the, the happy crew. to be there, which yeah. is like the perfect actor to play Carlisle because he's just like, I'm here for the good of the people. I do whatever I have to yeah. do to save someone. Yeah. He's him and Charlie. It makes sense that they like get along because they're just they're, they're both kindred spirits. They're 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 trying to help everyone. One's the sheriff. One's the only doctor in the town. <laughs> like, yeah, he really cares for like everybody. Um, I did want to point out because we've had it a few times. The Cullen siblings just giving mm. Bella the worst looks because obviously Edward has yeah. gone home and been like, there's a girl that I really like, but there's she's human. There's a girl that I like. Yeah. And it's like obvious that they all know where this is headed. Alice has had her visions and yada, yada. And <laughs> I'm sure they're like, fuck, this is going to really be a problem. <laughs> but right we're going to have That's to deal all with I want it. It's <laughs> just scenes of them at the house. Yes. Yes. <laughs> of yes. Having to listen to Edward gush Wait. about this girl that he has a crush on. Are those scenes in the Edward version, the Edward POV book? Whoa. Oh, I don't know. I haven't That's read not... it. That might. Oh, get me I would love it. it if he want, if he goes oh, home and he's like, man. guys, I saw a girl today. I couldn't read her mind, and she's oh, perfect. Good for you. <laughs> she smells so <laughs> good. I want to eat her, but I can't because I love that, her. Oh, bro, that's so cool, bro. <laughs> the thing that really fucks me up about all about all of that about their reaction to Bella is just like so you guys are allowed to have boyfriends and girlfriends but Edward has to be alone forever like, yeah what's your fucking problem guys yeah. I don't remember they do all meet if... each other after they're vampires though the siblings oh they're all partners yeah yeah they're part they 
partners become in relationships. That's the other thing. Anna Kendrick shits on the fact she's like, and they're all together, but they live together and they're siblings. This is weird. Uh, and then they you never know, really talk because about it, is. it again. <laughs> it is very weird. They all live together. Um, but yeah, they, you find out later that like, especially Rosalie and Emmett and then Jasper and Alice, they got together after they were turned into vampires. Uh, so. that's, that's actually kind of a reoccurring criticism, even of fans of the books that, you know, Myers fills this story with all of these really weird, interesting, nuanced side characters. But for 90% of the story, we're focused on Bella and Edward. Yeah. Yeah. When the siblings, yeah. you get kind of a taste of their, like why they were turned later on. And they're fascinating. Some of the stories that they have, especially like Rosalie and Jasper, I can remember off the top of my head, very fascinating mm-hmm. stories of how they were turned. And then it's just like, three minutes of one of the movies when I would love to have more about these. Cause just the, I mean, she's created a, a lore that's very interesting, but she does focus. She's like Jacob, Edward and Bella. That's what we're doing. And <laughs> that's all <laughs> love them or hate them. So, uh, so yeah. So then we get the gaslighting scene at the hospital. Um, that doesn't just, he well, an attempt at gaslighting. It doesn't work because no. Bella does not buy it at all. His, I hope you like disappointment because he's like, you're not going to let yeah. this go. And she's like, no, I hope you like disappointment. Then <laughs> it's so I like mean. You. <laughs> oh. Um, and then uh, Bella gets asked to the dance. Oh she... my god, it's the most perfect scene because <laughs> yes. the movie doesn't. The movie stops caring about Mike mid sentence and just kind of the camera tilts and fuzzes him yes. out. You can just hear him vaguely in the background <laughs> while Edward and Bella are staring at each other before the field trip. <laughs> it's a supremely well directed scene. Yeah. Honestly. Mm-hmm. Because it is exactly what you feel like when you only have eyes for like one person in high school and you're just mm-hmm. like nothing else matters. Like it all everything else fuzzes out, you know? Yeah. And it's really rude. Like it's it's really rude <laughs> the way that she treats Mike. Um oh, yeah. because uh, like he Yeah. It, it's 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 now that I'm thinking about it, it's rude for sure. But it's very like grounded. Where yes. I feel like a lot of high school movies, it's like you got your hot people and your ugly people. And with this, it's nuanced enough that Bella is able to like maneuver Mike into like, well, you know, like Anna Kendrick really likes you. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, she's just like separate from this weird collection of yokels that she. Yeah. 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 She she does do a favor for Anna Kendrick for sure. So that's the one good side. But she heard maybe three words of what Mike said <laughs> in that entire yeah. scene. It's done so right. well. I love it. Poor Mike, but also it's, he did call her. Oh no, Anna Kendrick called her a shiny new toy. But they like right. they're just Mike so was, uh, first grader flirting, which I think is what well, they say the whole movie. Yeah, because they're Throw, all calling her like things at her. <laughs> they're calling yes. her like baby and like <laughs> all that weird stuff. It's yeah. very weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I do like it too, though. That like Mike does this right. He asks Bella out mm-hmm. on to go to prom, and. He does it very respectfully and very casually. And when she turns him down, he doesn't treat her any different. No. He's just like, he, she's still part of like the friend group. Yeah. Like, it's like actually like a really healthy, sure. like, expression of like, of like how uh, men should be in, in high school. Boys and should be in when, high school. Uh, when, as soon as Bella's like, well, you know, like Anna Kendrick really likes you. He's like, oh, really? Okay, cool. And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. He just wants, <laughs> yeah. a, he wants a date. Yeah. It's yeah. so cute. And then he immediately asks her. He was really set on getting a prom date that day because it <laughs> like, on the if we 
if we're jumping to the field trip next, which I assume is the next thing, uh, Anna Kendrick tells her within the ride to the field trip, he's asked mm. her to prom. So he was dead set on getting a date that day. Um, yes. He yeah. was like, today's the day I'm getting a date. Yes. He yeah. was going. That was his so, mantra. So, yeah. So we had the field trip. Um, and then sort of just a series of Edward kind of waffling back and forth yes. of like, <laughs> of like I, I don't, it's best if you're not, if we're not friends. And she's like, oh, because you don't like me. No, no, no. I want to be your friend. It's just best if we aren't friends. And like, there's like, just a little this too waffling late for back and forth. Yeah. Um, there's just like a few days of that. I want to, I want to talk about, uh, so you see Edward's peacoat. In this mm-hmm. scene, yes, looking Hell very yeah. sh- sharp. They're all dressed uh, so Har- well. The colors, yeah. <laughs> no one. Ha- else. Hardwick Hardwick made a point to like deviate from what was then the very established like black leather school of vampire movies, mm-hmm. like your your blades, your underworlds, and sure. decided to dress them in like a cool cream blue gray color, which sort of yeah. seeped into the whole look of the movie. Uh, yeah, the blue filter, the much kind of talked about maligned blue filter that this movie has was very much by design and meant to kind of mimic the Cullens like gray worldview. Well, yeah. when we were introduced to them, they're all wearing white except for Edward. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like Edward is the only one wearing like shades of gray and black and yeah. things. But yeah, I vastly prefer the sort of peacoat look. It's nice uh, versus that that leather stuff that was going on in the late 90s early 2000s yeah um i really like the peacoat look because it also reminds me of like a dracula cape <laughs> which oh, i think yeah. Is, yeah, yeah i think that that's like visually i think that's a really fun modernization yeah so and yeah they're all dressed so classy i love it um uh, and Dagny, are you familiar with the the thing going on on tiktok where like bella's wardrobe has kind of become like <laughs> people are like weird a, yeah like people have been the taking the descriptions of the book um like outfits that she wears and recreating it and my mm-hmm. favorite one is um one i was reminded of just by doing research for this but when she goes to visit the cullen house which we'll get to but um when she goes to visit it the first time in the book she's wearing a khaki skirt that's like to the ground floor length khaki skirt um i think a like a green blouse and boots or something like it's a very and everything is covered like not her head is the only skin showing um in the movie she's wearing i think jeans and a denim jacket and just like sneakers i'm glad they didn't follow the fashion of the book because she has terrible fashion wears these long skirts and i think it's definitely the mormonism thing where she's like covered all the time um which is just yeah that's that's one thing that they don't like the more Definitely the religious like the religious stuff is in the movies, but it's not as prominent as it is in the books, which I think they yeah. would have lost some interest in the movies if it was a central point. <laughs> um, and that's but, one thing by but, getting rid of that fashion choice, they moved away <laughs> from it just a little. <laughs> but what I'll say is interesting about the the Mormon angle on this is like I went to high school with a lot of Mormons mm-hmm. uh, and dated a couple (laughs) and i can say i mean it was it was hard not to um and it the thing that i'll say about mormon teenagers women specifically they're not as chaste they're like Mm -hmm. experimenting with like what they grew up with versus like what they see 
in in culture and society and they're trying to like test and like figure out who they want to be yeah and like some of them after high school will go back to the sort of like chase stay-at-home mom vibes and then others will just leave the religion entirely Mm -hmm. but high school is like this period of experimentation for a lot of them yeah um in terms of like the kinds of clothes that they wear and the personality that they have and like the things that they like to do and experience so it is it is actually weird that it, it i think it it adds credence to the fact that like of people saying like oh bella is just you <laughs> author stephanie meyer because that's not what a mormon teenager is like mm-hmm. they're not wearing you know that's more like pentecostal is the, like the, the, yeah. the description of bella in the book is more pentecostal or older mormon mm-hmm. than high school mormon at least in my experience yeah right and like and this story is sort of about bella experimenting and finding out who she wants to be because she's dropped into this new community where she doesn't really feel at home with like, I guess the modern teens, which is who like Mike and Anna Kendrick are supposed to be Mm -hmm. and is more drawn to these like out of time Cullens who yes are like sort of like her outsiders or feels like, right. That's very true. Uh, Very true. On the field trip scene, just that the greenhouse, just that strip of them walking the teacher making the compost tea and then mm-hmm. like don't drink no, it don't in the background yes. and then edward and she's like calling edward out for not being truthful and then she trips and he very aggressively is like can you at least try to be careful or like can you at least try to walk <laughs> um uh and it's just very very intense for out of nowhere mm-hmm. um which is i mean what edward is like pretty frequently is he's pretty yeah. back and forth and that you've already kind of said that with the the field trip scene is him just like flip flopping back and forth between yeah. I want to be around you all the time. Don't ever look at me again. And, and Bella, I don't know if it's in the field trip scene or later, but Bella like definitely calls him out on it. And she's like, I'm getting whiplash from you going back and forth so much. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I do have to admire Bella for that, that she does stand her ground and then, you know, does all her own research and figures this shit out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. So then uh, uh, Bella's, uh, Santa Claus friend gets iced um, in his boat. By, mm. Oh, uh, that was that guy. Yes. Yeah. 15 years. I never put that together. <laughs> yeah. That's why Charlie's so upset. It was like a, it was like oh, a, a buddy, very old friend of him. He's known him for 30 years. That's right. He's that's not a right. character um, in the book though. That's actually not something in oh, the book. Yeah. That was one discrepancy that I did read. Mm. I was reminded of, I was like, oh yeah, he doesn't have a friend that dies in the, in the story of the book. Mm. Yeah. So, so the wandering vampires yeah. are interesting. Meyer sees them not as like evil vampires so much as average vampires. Yeah. Like the Cullens are the weirdos because they live in a house and make their they go to high school and they don't eat meat. But like most vampires are doing what these three are doing, which is just like roaming around eating yeah. people. D- yeah, killing yeah. people. S- stealing their clothes. So then the uh, the weather is really nice the next day. So the Cullens aren't at school because they don't want to reveal their shiny skin to everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and Anna Kendrick is like, "I we need to go dress shopping. And Bella's like, cool, dope. I want to come. And so they all go dress shopping. And Anna Kendrick is decides to buy a dress, a gown that would never be approved for a high school prom. <laughs> it is not I dress mean, code it, appropriate at all. The, the cleavage on this thing is absolutely insane. Yes. Um, I, I was like, 
I, I <laughs> it's a plot point. Like what? Like she, yeah. <laughs> she talks about it. Uh, yeah. And Bella's like, looks good. <laughs> and that's about it. Yeah. And, and then even yeah. at the very yeah. end when they're at the dance, Kristen Stewart's like, whoa. Like, what? Really nice. Good. Nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no chaperone would ever approve. A lot of this was really like film school grab and go. Like, like you said, the sun, the, the scene where Anna Kendrick's like sunbathing was like, holy shit, the sun's out. Everyone go, 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 go. We're going to, we have to film this right now. And yes. <laughs> like, so uh, a lot of the times Kristen Stewart, because she was 17, would have to run to a classroom and do school for like an hour. Oh my gosh. So scenes where it's back and forth, cut to Robert Pattinson, cut to Kristen Stewart. She's like not there. She's like doing homework. Oh my gosh, that's wild. Come out and be like, whoa, we finished the scene? Crazy. I I figured that sun scene was something like that Mm -hmm. because there's no coverage. It's Mm -hmm. just one shot. The whole scene is one shot. Um, And I was like watching this and I was like, I bet there was a lot of rain during this movie. And that's why this is a one shot. Yep. All right. So we are uh, dress shopping. The creepy guys walk past the the dress shop. Yeah. Cool. Port can Angeles, the about... Moss Eisley of the Twilight universe. <laughs> yeah, can we talk about the four? Like, like what? What guys? What, so terrible. What is this? I mean, it it is terrible. It's just like it's so. It's like cartoonishly. They're like they're like the dick the the dirt dastardly of like rapists. I don't know. Like it's just mm-hmm. because it's just like there's four of them and there's one of her and it's like they're they're like. It reminds me of like the the guys in the alley in in Spider Man with with MJ where they're like making like kissy faces at her and yeah. stuff and it's just like what is this? It also it escalates it just, so quickly yeah. because when they walk past yeah. the dress shop, by no means is it okay, but they're like ooh, blah, blah, and it's like just teenage boys kind of acting like idiots, and then it becomes the scene in in the alleyway where it's much darker, and I was like, how did we? Yeah progress so quickly to these characters becoming such villains it's very and they met up with two of their buddies yeah they brought backup are there to corner yeah it's it's so weird it's It's such a weird scene um very weird and very unrealistic if it was just like one or two guys it would actually be like genuinely scary yeah the fact that it's four is so absurd it's like to a level of just like what is this at least one of them would have been like guys chill out you would hope that at least one of the friends is a little level-headed um yeah she looks like she's like 16 everybody like relax calm down i don't know but she got her book for her research because she had had thoughts that maybe oh it's because of the conversation on the beach with jacob of the, oh, right. Of all the history of what his tribe and all that. Yes. I forgot about that. Th- thank you for bringing, thank you for bringing that up because uh, that scene. Yeah. So La Push was uh, by almost all accounts of the film's crew, uh, the single most difficult day in the entire production. And indeed the worst collective day of the careers of the entire mm. Jesus. Uh, so, uh, the day started on a rocky note. Uh, the the, the uh, vans t- handling the film crew were uh, caught in a snowstorm. And so they had to drive through a mountain on a snowstorm oh, like during a snowstorm. Uh, I don't know if you ever had to do that, listeners. I no, have. It's no. not fun. No, it is not. It's not a chill time. So uh, they finally drive through the snow. They get to the location they're an hour and a half late according to wendy chuck a costume designer uh park services wouldn't allow them to uh 
uh, wouldn't allow vehicles on the beach. So they had to carry the equipment wow. by hand to to the beach uh, across wet, smooth, slippery rocks while it was raining. Uh, according to Elliot Davis, the director of photography, cables were impossible to get down there. So they only had natural light and bounce cards to uh, to God. light the scene. Just so, find another um, location. So they, Jesus yeah. Christ. <laughs> so uh, so they finally get to they, they cross the rocks. They get to the scene. And so the scene listeners is because uh, they, they filmed it in reverse. The first thing they shot was Jacob and Bella walking along the beach as Jacob is telling the entirely fictional 100% written by Stephanie Meyer story of the yeah. Quaalude oh. tribe of the the cold ones and all that. And so uh, it's raining, it's sleeting uh, the whole time that they're filming. So they had to wrap the cameras up completely in plastic, oh my God. Uh, or all the equipment completely in plastic. But leakage was inevitable. Uh, a steady cam monitor was destroyed by the rain. Then a second brand new monitor was destroyed by the rain. And they thought, oh, we're fucked. Luckily, George Billinger, a steady cam op and former Boy Scout <laughs> of America, had a third monitor on his pack and they were able to keep mm. filming. Dear God, so, that's awful. They're filming. So they're. So they finally get to like halfway point of the day and they're like, fuck this. So they see a van parked mm-hmm. nearby with some surfer guys. And they're like, hey, do you guys want your van to be in a movie? <laughs> so the, uh, the how the scene starts where it's like them all gathered in those vans, Eating like putting on their legs. wetsuits. That was like an impromptu. Yeah, that was like an impromptu idea. Originally, they were going to meet Jacob and his friends oh, on the bus. On the beach. Uh, or like, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm sorry, yeah. on, on the beach. So mm-hmm. uh, they finished filming. Then they have to uh, pack up their equipment and cross the slippery rocks again to get back to the camp. Uh, That took an hour and a half in the pouring rain, the hike back. (laughs) And so they finally get to the lunch tent, only to find the lunch tent blowing away in the breeze. So they drop the equipment, flag down the lunch tent. And uh, so later, after the day is won and the footage is shot, uh, the crew is gathered around, and as film crews are wont to do, they exchange war yeah. stories with each other, and they're they're trading stories back and forth, trying to see if anyone had had a worse or more challenging day than today. And uh, only one person came close. He was an AD who had worked on a mountaineering movie, and one night was stuck in a tent on a mountain in a blizzard and had to wait for a helicopter. Oh my Oof. god! You know, but yeah, I guess that's just I guess for the first one. Uh, Meyer did no research into the Quaaludes. Um, she just Googled where is there the most rain in the country and found Forks, Washington. And that's why it's set in Forks. And then saw that the Quaalute were people that lived around the Pacific Northwest and then just kind of used that name, but complete, made a completely fabricated. Uh, yeah, because it's, a, it's a real tribe of people, but she just changed it entirely yes. for her book, but use the name. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, so she oh, got that boy. book based on what Jacob had told her at the bookstore. And then the alleyway horrific yeah. scene. <laughs> yes. With all Edward, yeah, Edward rescues her. up in his car and donuts. Yeah. So and scary. he growls at vol- them. Volvo, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I watched yeah, the uh, I watched it the second time through and I had subtitles on and it said Edward growls, which is at the <laughs> at the guys, and then gets in the car and is like, distract me. And then laughs at her for her telling him to put on his seatbelt and it's very it, uh, again bizarre interaction, which most of theirs are in this movie. Yeah, 
Mm-hmm. And then this leads them to like going to a restaurant where Bella eats and Edward doesn't, where he reveals that he can read minds, mm-hmm. but has not yet revealed that he is a vampire to her. No. Just that he can do the totally normal thing of read people's minds. Um, she does. And she accepts it without yeah. question. Because that's where, because yeah. he even points out, he makes the point that we're all thinking where he's like, but I can't read your mind. She said, is there something wrong with me? He was like, I just told you I can read minds. And your concern is there something wrong with you? And I was like, yeah, yeah, that is exactly how someone should react. It's like, the fuck, you can read minds? No. Yeah. Not a teenager. Not a teenager. Like, what did I do? Why can't you read my mind? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Which I think only adds to Edward's anguish of, like, he can read everyone's minds. So he can, like, he's privy to all everyone's, mm-hmm. like, dark yeah like passing thoughts or yeah yeah everyone um, the music playing during, everyone in the town either thinks about sex or money except for the one guy who's cat. just thinking about his cat and yeah. i totally relate to that guy mm-hmm. absolutely uh, i was like that would be sure. if i was in the restaurant with, with them i'd just be thinking about cannoli and i'd be like no <laughs> <sighs> yeah during, during yeah date. for sure so uh so on the way home some stuff is happening at the police station, and uh, oh, and they touch hands his... before the police oh, station. Yeah. she's like, "Oh, so cold!" Right. And then they see the police station. <laughs> yeah, so cold, so cold, <laughs> so cold. And that's how she he thought that she might be Italian. Um, yeah, so cold. I think she's Italian. <laughs> I think she's Italian. She touched her my name's hand. Bella. Said, it has oh, so to cold. Be. <laughs> <laughs> it's a me, a Bella. Um, so. <laughs> so they go to the they go to the police station. Uh Mike Dexter is there mm-hmm. along with uh along with Charlie mm-hmm. and like they're still there. Usually they don't work that late. And so they're like something's going on and that's when they find out that um Charlie's buddy Santa Claus uh <laughs> was uh, murdered possibly by the same uh wild animal that the that the mill person was killed by yeah. earlier. Mm-hmm. Um Charlie's really upset, gives her some like bear spray, I think. Pepper spray. That's what he gives her. Yeah, but I think it's because oh, it he thinks spray? it's a wild animal. I think oh, it's bear spray. Okay, okay. It's like to spray a bear in the face so that it'll run away. Because oh. like, oh, can you imagine the power you would feel spraying <laughs> a bear in the face? That yeah, that makes more like, sense. That yeah, because if it's a, an animal attack, but at I mean, at some point, I I feel like Charlie has to be a, in on it a little. Not in on it, but he knows. You guys again will get to it in later movies, but like, ha- I have they seen like the human? Yeah, footsteps. the like human yeah. footsteps. Like he has to kind of be like, there's something weird going on here. It's yeah. maybe not an That's animal. What the vitamin R? Yeah, for. that vitamin R just really knocks those extra theories out of his brain. He's like, I'm being crazy. <laughs> Give me another beer. Um. <laughs> and so then uh, they, she goes home. She like walks out of the police station, and as she steps out of the police station. All of a sudden, all of the clues that she's been mindlessly collecting about Edward all suddenly ram together into a, a fully fleshed out jigsaw puzzle in her brain. Yep. Mm. And we get to see that visualized. And Kristen Stewart has to act that yeah. with just yes. her face. <laughs> it's kind of nuts. And yeah. then she goes and Granted, she has the, the editing to help a little, but yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she goes home and she researches uh, some something that she's apparently never heard of called vampires. Yeah, but it takes a while to get to the word. There's cold ones, super strength. Like they, she has to put all the pieces together and figure it out. Um, I did want to point out the friend the the friend that gets murdered is wearing. I think the shirt says "Kiss Me, I'm Irish." And uh, in the iconic baseball scene, which we'll talk about, 
uh, Victoria is wearing his shirt, which I think is incredible. Oh. Um, yeah, they like take the clothing of like, yeah, the people that they, they murder. murder. It's like a little wow. token of their kill. Um, I knew I was I would forget about that because I didn't write it down, but I thought that was funny that she <laughs> <laughs> wears his shirt later. Um, That's really great. I'm Irish. Kiss me, I'm Irish. Uh, yeah, so, then, so cold one, undead, Googling some wild pictures pop up, and then the vampire comes together. Scourge of darkness. Yeah, and she has, yeah. I think I think it's in her dream, she has like the classic vampire moment of him biting her, and it's all like, you know, that, what we imagine, vampires. Yeah, very classical. Yeah, very classic very Dracula-esque. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then the next day, cool shot. Uh, she makes eye contact with him and walks into the woods, and he's like, okay, I guess we're going to the woods. Yeah, he just knows then, to follow her. <laughs> Yeah, just starts following her. And uh, and then they go out there and they have like the iconic scene of like, I know what you are, say it out loud, the whole thing. And then he starts to explain how vampires work in this world with the sparkly skin mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, the running and the, the yeah, the spider Jumping. monkey. and As if I couldn't stuff. catch you. <laughs> yeah. And uh, but then at this point, she's like, I'm all in, buddy. And he's like, dope. And then. You're not scared of he me. Tur- so the lion fell in love with yeah, the lamb. He Which turns is- into the goofiest head over <laughs> heels puppy love goofball, and it's my favorite thing. Yep. Like goofball Edward is the best. Like it's it's so fun to watch him be just like a a goofy puppy love little boy. Yeah, um, it's uh, it's really great. The lines of when they're in like that little alcove area where she's like, "I'm afraid," and he's like. Or he's like, you should be. And she's like, no, I'm afraid to lose you. And then it's just the back and forth of like, I'm designed to kill. I don't care. It doesn't matter. Like the and then her trusting him. But the what Nick just said, the line in the lamb line, which I oh, and also he says in the scene, you're my personal brand of heroin, which I think is just so funny. Another Another iconic iconic line. line. But the the line in the lamb um, and then what a stupid lamb, what a sick uh, masochistic lion. Um, is a line, the only line that Stephanie Meyer fought to have in this movie that is verbatim from the book that she wrote. So Mm. that is the one line. And I mean, it works, I guess. But you you remember it. He does very much. It is like puppy love at that point. And then there's Mm. no stopping him. He's in her bedroom at night. And and it's, (laughs) it's, it's just on from there. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's very, it's, it's cool. There's something really honest. I think maybe that was, that's what readers connected to is that Bella doesn't care. No. She doesn't use her logic brain and like talk. And then she's like, I love you. You're my soulmate. Like you're the, I can't imagine life without mm-hmm. you because like emotionally, that's where a lot of people feel like for those first, yeah. mm-hmm. like, like crushes, those first these loves. red flags that he is blatantly pointing out, ignore all of them. Just yeah. <laughs> disregard what that he said. <laughs> I wanted to kill you. And so in her response is just, I trust you. It's wild, yeah. but yeah, <laughs> you young know, and in love, you really look past some of those yeah. really big red flags, and I guess this is well, a good embodiment of that. Yeah, because you don't mm-hmm. know, you don't know, you don't have anything to compare it to, so you mm-hmm. just think like, oh, this is it. Yeah. Like, there's right. no, I could never feel any different than this. This is, this is it, and it's because yeah. you've never felt it like that before, and right. so you don't know that, like, actually, this isn't that great, and you're going to look <laughs> back and be like, well, actually, that kind of blew. Um, that wasn't, that wasn't good in comparison. I've had well, much better relationships. <laughs> he was telling me, like, hey, I want to eat you sometimes. Mm-hmm. I've eaten people before, and she just is yeah. like, that's okay, no big deal. Let's do this thing. Hey. Slip ups happen. It's okay. Yeah, uh, hey, I slip yeah. all the time. <laughs> I trip over rocks. 
Uh, very clumsy. <laughs> She's so silly. Uh, so yeah. uh, all of this uh, goofy puppy love leads to Edward saying, like, I want you to meet my family. Mm-hmm. And they're going to have. He leaps off her truck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you yeah. pretend to be human? <laughs> <laughs> goofy. He's so silly. crazy. I can't take you anywhere. <laughs> and she's really nervous about meeting his family because she's convinced that they're not going to like it, like her. And not uh, that she's they're going to kill her. Most of them don't. Yeah. Uh, them don't. The uh, the uh, the her name's Bella. She's Italian. Stuff that was like discovered on the day. Oh, that's funny. I uh, I just Cal- I love Wait. that these vampires have been around this long. Everyone calls them the Cullens. They call them by their last name, but they don't understand that surnames are where your heritage comes from, mm-hmm. not your first name. Yes. <laughs> Um, and then Swan this- is not Italian, guys. <laughs> no, 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 no. Her name's Bella. She must be. Um, the and in this scene, the when Bella comes in and she's like, "Oh yeah, thanks for the food." And then Edward's like, "She already ate." And Rosalie crushes the bowl. She's wearing gloves oh. in this scene because when she crushed it, it like cut up her hands the first time. <laughs> Even though oh, it's no. not, it wasn't real glass, but like she was bleeding. And so in the, I assume, second, third, however many takes, that's why she's wearing gloves in that whole scene, because she had cuts all over her hand. And she's a vampire. She can't have blood. I would throw off the whole... whole, Yeah, (laughs) the whole thing would be messed up at that point. Um, I... I love the mom's like whenever when they leave, Bella's like pick or the mom's like pick it up. Yeah, (laughs) Esme's like clean this up, get it done. I love her. Yeah, Esme and Carlisle are so. So, uh, I guess this is as good a place as any to talk about the casting. Mm Um, and the the conflict that arose between Meyer and Hardwick during the casting process. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So Meyer, um, kind of going back to her worldview and her upbringing, uh, most of the all of the Cullens were inspired by real family friends, or real family, mm-hmm. uh, like real people in her life, and so she carried that uh, that idea into her in her head during the casting process. Hardwick had the idea, or really liked the idea, of Carlisle creating this multi-ethnic, multi-country vampire family. Mm. Like, this guy, over the course of his hundreds of years, has gone all over the world and has saved souls. Yeah. yeah. And it doesn't matter where they're from. She, like, she wanted Alice to be played by a Japanese actress. Uh-huh. Oh, she cool. She wanted the Cullens, yeah, to really look, and, look different and be diverse. And uh, Meyer didn't want that she like did she was like fought she's like well no they're described in the book very specifically as this so they have to look like this mm. which is how they cast edward and how they cast bella and you know they really looked for physical similarities but myers her her description of these characters were from her very specific world yeah mm-hmm. and so it's that's kind of how like reading at really like reading that it's kind of like how we get to like oh Myers didn't want people of color to play the Collins. Yeah, right? like, I think I remember hearing that's, that's something about how she like even vampires of color become white over time. It's like right, yeah, yeah. they like get more and more the pale. Casting... It's it's not great. It's definitely not a great. Yeah. No, no, that was. <laughs> That was her, like, I'm not a racist <laughs> argument. Was like, well, no, like, it's it's in the ba- vampires. Like, why would you cast Eddie uh, Eddie Gathigy as a marauder vampire? It says that vampires have pale skin. And so Hardwick was able to concede, like, some of the casting, for example, like Justin Chone as, like, one of the kids, uh, Christian Serranos. So, like, the cla- the kids, Bella's classmates, yeah. 
hard uh Meyer was a little more lenient of like I guess those characters don't have to look exactly the way they're described and the or you know the phrase olive skinned is used a lot. Oh and interesting. As, as like this gray area of like, well, olive skinned, could that mean Latino for Christian Serrano, sir? So huh. <laughs> um, you know, again, this is Hardwick's only movie, so it seems like this was the right time to bring it up, yeah. is that she wanted the Collins to be more diverse in casting. That would than, have made more sense, uh, what honestly. We ended up getting. It's such a better, a, such a stronger, more interesting cinematic choice than what we have. Yeah. Um, and mm. would have saved us from Jackson Rathbone. Um. <laughs> Who? You know what? So when I, so when I see Jackson Rathbone, I feel bad for. They told Robert Pattinson, like, hey, man, like, you can't just be in constant. But that's exactly what he's doing. Yeah. yeah. Is, like, physically restraining, like, shaking with the he's urge to, like, eat the Bella. the funniest well, character. <laughs> have, you, have you heard, though, that, like, the reason that he's doing that is because he was intimidated by, by Robert Pattinson's level of acting and oh. was attempting wow. to, like, be at his level? And that's why oh. he's constantly like that? Is because he's like, see, I'm a really good actor too. Like, I'm just doing what he does. Yeah, interesting. That's that crazy. Is, yeah, Jackson Rathbone. I just, I've never seen him in anything that I like. I just, I think he's bad, and it sucks mm-hmm. that he has a career. That's what I. When so many actors, <laughs> struggling actors, don't. Yeah, it's like, why does this guy get to? have a career it bums me out and uh and i have a lot of affection for like you know ashley green i think is great nikki reed callan lutz but yeah i mean like it's unfortunate that this could have been a more uh, yeah diverse i mean even edward i don't know if it was specified where he died or where he was when he was dying of spanish influenza in 1918 (laughs) but and then there's definitely the stories of how why they were turned could have been set in several different countries. And I kind of mad now that would have been really cool if all the siblings were from different places in the world. Um, Mm -hmm. Scott, when you get to it, we meet, you'll meet vampires from all over the world in breaking dawn. But, and so you do get a bit of that, but it would have been really cool to have that in the Cullen family from the get go, a bunch of diversity. Cause the problem is that because the call, the Cullens are treated as such so morally right yeah about like the way that mm-hmm. they're vampires versus the rest of vampire society mm-hmm. that the fact that they're not multicultural just feels gross yeah it's just like the right. white people know what's up the multicultural <laughs> ones they're just they're the bad ones just like the rest of the vampires yeah but we Ugh. the white of the whites we <laughs> are the best and the good and the morally correct oh. and it just feels gross i don't know right mm-hmm. and it, and it gets kind of it gets more murky as the quillute vampire yeah. rivalry yeah. is explored yeah. and the weird kind of like reverse racism mm-hmm. of if only these these uh this people the quaaludes would see past their prejudice and see that these vampires aren't all evil oh wow um, yeah when you put it that yeah. way not not great um my little <laughs> middle school brain thought nothing of the the casting choices or the well, sure. yeah. or how anybody looked um but yeah definitely with the resurgence of this i'm sure more people are like this could have used a little more diversity or a lot more yeah 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 and it's cool that like i would rather this criticism than the like it's lame because the vampires sparkle and like girls like Mm -hmm. it like actually kind of looking at the text and being like well what is this what is this what are we saying here yeah yeah Yeah, so after the after the dinner um we get the the next diner scene um yeah we get the tour of the house and then we get the diner scene scene with her dad where 
yeah, where the town is like starting to get really nervous mm-hmm. about the killer on the loose. Yeah. And and you get the vibe that they're like, it's a little bit like the town, ta- like like Amity um, and, and the shark being on the loose. <laughs> but there's also definitely an element of like, I know we're all treating this like an animal, but like we all agree that this is the human being doing this. Yeah. Right? Like we all kind of know that this is a, a person doing these things. Cause the waitress um, even and- says like, I hope they catch him soon. So like they, they're like, there's a serial killer yeah. in Forks. Can we get on this and maybe get, maybe yeah. stop this? Um, yeah. So there's definitely, they know it's a human, which is. Yeah. Uh, Dagny, on the topic of hang on tight spider monkey <laughs> or hold on tight spider yeah. monkey, uh, Har- Har- the night before Hardwick like wrote a tried to wrote a bunch of lines on note cards for like stuff for Edward to yeah. say, and uh, and then like gave them to Robert Pattinson and like they pick one. And he, he picked, picked Spider Monkey. Really wow, yeah. I I'm more on board with it now because he picked it himself. I thought that was just I given like to him. Um, that's funny. <laughs> like no, it's so good, iconic. Um. I'm also super impressed with the extras in that diner scene, uh, Mm -hmm. like that are sitting right next to him. All like the older guys that literally just look like extras from Amity from Jaws. Like they (laughs) they just (laughs) they just like do. Well, Sheriff, what are you gonna do about that killer? Yeah, they don't even look like extras. They just look like people who happen to be eating at this diner. Yeah, and they're like, oh, there's Mm -hmm. a killer on the loose. Well, we gotta go take care of this. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know. (laughs) Evil dies tonight. So then after this scene, this is when Charlie gets to meet Edward. And yeah. it's this great scene where he has he's cleaning his right his his shotgun. It's so good. And and he's just like he like <laughs> puts it together and co- cocks it. And it was like, bring him in. Bring him in. It's so good. I love Charlie. <laughs> it's and the reason it's I think it's so great is because he's not try he's not trying to intimidate ed like he's not trying mm-hmm. to be like the asshole dad like, you can't date my little it's just like he just happened to be cleaning his gun yeah. it's so funny yeah charlie's well, the hero it's like even he's a little on the joke <laughs> yeah uh, uh it's so good oh and right around this time we have that the scene that's also become very iconic and talked about of uh how often do you do this where he's like in her room and he's like oh yeah the last few months i find watching you sleep peaceful or whatever he says and she's fascinating fascinating. and she's like oh okay and anybody (laughs) else would be like what like you've been in my bedroom every night just watching me sleep but she's so smitten couldn't care less Uh (laughs) hashtag just vampire tings yeah um Um, oh there she goes sleeping uh and now we're at the uh greatest scene of the film famous baseball baseball scene yeah so great yeah i love i love this baseball scene i love them just like this reminds me of like a like the kind of scenes that i would love to see in an x-men movie you know like Mm -hmm. there's so many Mm -hmm. issues of x-men comics where they're just like playing baseball together and like having relationship discussions and things and it's just like mm-hmm. oh yeah they don't fight st- stuff all the time and here but they, we don't do vampire shit all the time sometimes we get to just play baseball and i just i, I really yeah <laughs> as silly as this scene is and as as often as it's like made fun of in pop culture i really love it i think it's, it's great I think it's so fun the music choice um, it's and, it's a real yeah. banger of a scene oh, it's great. like we love it <laughs> The uh, and also the 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 kind of what it says about character. There's a part where Edward's like, "Oh, it's America's pastime, Bella." Yeah. Like, yeah. oh yeah, we're vampires. These characters are hundreds of <laughs> yeah. They've been around for a hundred years, so to them, baseball is like TikTok. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> baseball still still rules. Um, I love 
I I love how aggro Rosalie is toward <laughs> toward no. Bella. Yes. Just never never not aggro. No. Like she just wants her to go away. Yeah. Yes. Real Iceman energy. Oh yeah. man. Yeah. So so we've established that like I had a question while watching this. We established that mm-hmm. Edward can read minds and that Alice can see the future. Mm-hmm. Do all of the other vampires have like special like mutant abilities also? <laughs> I hope so. They the other Cullens, I don't think any of them do. Jasper might, but I can't remember specifically. But other vampires in the world um of Twilight have special abilities. Um Bella does eventually, but I won't spoil that for you. And then, okay, yeah. So like, she shoots lasers out of her eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, obviously. Um, no, but quite they a few. Smell like garlic. Yeah, Dakota Fanning <laughs> when she's in introduced hers is just she can just inflict pain on anybody from like oh. a, a distance. She just says pain, and they're in like excruciating pain. So a oh. lot of them can. Uh, yeah, a lot of them have these mutant abilities, uh, but not yeah. all of them. It's only okay. certain vampires. So I, I'm in. I love Alice's powers it's so because cool. it's just the ultimate plot of like, oh no, the plot. Yeah, I'm <laughs> yeah. seeing the plot. We have to yeah. go to this we place. Have to do this. Well. I- that's why they uh, they introduced that idea in Angel, where where they had like uh-huh. the guy who's got visions, because it's like, well, there's our case this week. Is like mm-hmm. the plot happened in my brain, so we got to go figure this out. It's it's yeah. a very good cheat, honestly, that was introduced to yeah. this because it, it and moves the juxtaposition. The movie, or, oh no, it just it moves the movie really well. Um, and it would have been much more difficult if she couldn't have these visions and we couldn't see them along with her. Yeah. Oh, I mean, the whole series uses her. Yeah. All the time yeah. of her, like, of yeah. And I don't know. I like, I like how Alice is like the opposite end of Rosalie, where mm-hmm. she's like, I already have seen the future. You and me are going to be best friends, yeah. Bella. Yeah. It's yeah. so cute. She's like, oh, we're going to yeah. be great friends. So then the uh, the bad vampires show up, yes. and they're just like, y'all playing some fucking baseball? <laughs> <laughs> A vampire's favorite game, of course. Yeah. yeah. Let's play. Let's play some fucking baseball. You stupid colon bitches. <laughs> um, Aren't you the weirdos that are still going to high school year after year? <laughs> yeah. And then uh, and then Bella stands downwind and Volchek mm. gets a whiff of yeah. Bella and realizes she's Laurent. human. James. Yeah. James is the one that James. becomes the tracker. Laurent is the one that warns them in the next scene. And then Victoria is obviously... Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the lover well, of will always be James. Volchek to me, just like their father yeah. will always be Mike Dexter. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so then a fight breaks out, but then like they kind of like bail on it. And then they're like, okay, we got to get Bella out of town because he's not going to stop mm-hmm. tracking her. Well, they come up with a plan where Bella's going to pretend to go back to Arizona. Yeah, her fake fight. And, but instead... Stay with the Collins mm-hmm. so that she'll be mm-hmm. safe from the vampire. She breaks. Guy. She breaks Charlie's heart. So sad. Oh, just so brutal. It? It's if just I like, don't leave oh, now, been... I'm going to be stuck here forever, like mom. Which is the same thing that yeah. his, her mom it's... said when she left him and divorced him. I'm like, mm-hmm. Charlie deserves so much better. It's so sad. It's a real Edward yeah. move. It is. Honestly, it's a real gaslighty <laughs> yeah. Edward move. She's really picking up. They're becoming the same person. He's got one move. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's got one move, and it's to make you really. Feel like a piece of shit to everybody around <laughs> yeah. you, man. What uh, I would do, Bella, is I would make <laughs> it feel like it's his fault. Yes, <laughs> and so and so she is safe, but then uh, Volchek calls 
and he's like, he like, he's like, I got your mom, bitch. Come What's Volchek from? The OC. He's the guy who oh. killed Marissa. Okay, okay, okay. Oh. It sounded familiar, yeah. but I was like, what? Who? Who is that? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So they once they Jasper and Alice have driven her south to Arizona. They're in the hotel. Everything is fine. She figures out the ballet studio, and that's when mm-hmm. James calls, and he's like, "I got your mom." <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I want to prepare you for something, Scott, because during this, we get a reoccurring part of the Twilight Saga, which is the Cullens figuring out the logistics of who's taking Bella where. Yes. Uh-huh. It's every movie. Okay. <laughs> it is. You'll take Bella south. We'll head west to throw off her scent. It's, yeah, definitely. Yeah, every movie there is a, how are we going to get Bella out of this situation? Everything is about Bella all the time, always. Mm, carry me. Yeah. <laughs> Truly, like, <laughs> help. Um, yeah, she was so funny. Yeah, always slipping so Bella, and falling. So Bella's lured away to this, this to the ballet school. Yeah. Um, um, a, a brief note on this entire, like, the ballet sequence. Yeah. Uh, so the mirrors and stuff, Hardwick was inspired by a lady from Shanghai and Enter the Dragon. Mm-hmm. Like visually, they basically wanted to really bulk this up and make it more action oriented than it is in the book. I mean, it's cool uh, because this is like, yeah, 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 I like it. This was actually the the first thing that was shot for the movie, mm-hmm. and mm. some of the first stuff that uh, uh, Kristen Stewart ever shot as Bella. And the reason for this was Cam Gigantic, Gigant Cam Gigante, uh, <laughs> Vojcek or Vo- Volchek, yeah, yeah, James. <laughs> what was yes? He had just come from shooting Never Back Down. Mm. and uh yeah that's where else that's what else he's from (laughs) so he had a he had a movie that was shooting right after this so they had to wrap him first Mm. so kristen stewart's first day on set was like this really physical like she's writhing in pain and screaming and she was like i suck i don't like anything that i'm doing i feel so unnatural what the fuck is this she honestly does a great job i think in this scene i mean all she does is really scream in pain but like (laughs) Mm-hmm. yeah she does a good job when james like breaks her leg yeah she really it's very believable it. yeah in my opinion for sure <laughs> um so yeah she finds out that he doesn't actually have her mom he just like stole some like home videos VHS tape. which my <laughs> yeah <laughs> i didn't catch until watching it the like this time around that he went to their home in arizona but didn't they move or did they just keep the house in arizona keep all their stuff there hit the road no they were they were going on a road trip to like figure out a thing in Jacksonville, but they oh, okay. had not like they hadn't they hadn't it. like moved yet. They Got like it. yeah, it was. I think that I think that happens. Predators later yeah. in the books. I think yeah, I it must be. Um, yeah, yeah. Because I was like, why is there shit still in their house in Arizona <laughs> that he could get this Wait, home tape? Doesn't is her stepdad a baseball player is that what they were saying? yes yes because like, they were like spring trade so like her life is like all about fucking baseball. lots of baseball like, i wonder if stephanie Myers vampires is love fan. baseball yeah there's oh, a lot of man. baseball wow. in the movie okay interesting <laughs> um so anyway i wish it, yeah I wish, I wish it was like quidditch and harry potter like i wish there was at least one yeah. baseball scene in every movie that yeah. would be great <laughs> so um, I wish the whole the, series ended on a baseball game. Um, like at one point, Edward's like, "We're going to the Vampire Leagues, Bella." It happens, <laughs> like teaching their daughter time. to play yeah. baseball. To play baseball. That's what Breaking Dawn um, is. So yeah, <laughs> Breaking Dawn. Breaking. Yeah. <laughs> um, um. Yeah, they're fighting. I really wish their daughter's name was Dawn to give that title a double meaning. Uh, 
Uh-huh. If only that was her name. It's better than what we got. I can't wait for you guys to discuss that name. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, so, yeah, so she gets her leg broken. Her, she gets mm-hmm. bit. And uh, they basically have to make it. Edward has to make a decision. Bella is not consulted in this decision one no. way or another. What does um, she want? He Who has cares? to make a decision to to turn her or to suck out the venom and possibly accidentally kill her if she he can't control himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Brief and, note, uh, Alice ripping off James's head. Yeah. Was a yeah. uh, Catherine Hardwick idea. Nice. That's metal as shit. And it's used a lot. It, pretty much the prime re- like way of killing vampires after this movie is ripping their heads off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's usually that is how they are killed. Um, she just leaps on his back yep. and twists his head off. It's fucking dope. It is. Um, it's sick. It's just like, that is fucking sick as hell. Um, so... <laughs> And it's and it's thrown away in the background, like it's not a focus right. of what's no. going on at all. No, oh, <laughs> you could easily miss it the first time you yeah. see it. Yeah, incredible. Um, so uh, so Edward, we get another. Oh god. Oh no, sorry. No, go uh, during like that whole vision sequence, that's another Robert Pattinson song playing. Oh okay. Um. So yeah. So she he sucks the venom out and a little bit too much. She starts to lose a little extra yeah. blood, and uh, and and his dad has to like yell at him and snap him out of it. We get the um, montage yeah, where she does. Now. Death is peaceful, easy. Yeah. Living is harder, and mm-hmm. then wakes up at the hospital. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Great. But yeah, so she got a broken leg, and uh, mm-hmm. and they go to prom together. Um, yeah. Which is, I like mm-hmm. that this this movie ends on a nice like vibey cozy like epilogue yeah 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 it it sort of like reorients the viewer and it's like hey i know we just had that big crazy action sequence but let's this is why we're really here the romance this is what yeah yeah um so uh kristen stewart chose the iron and wine song that plays during their dance in the um out uh, outside song Mm -hmm. um jacob crashes the dance Yes. Yep. To warn him. Stole his dad's clothes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jokingly, where he's like, maybe be careful. I don't know why they don't like this kid, but like, my dad wants you to break up with your boyfriend. Do whatever you want. <laughs> Next movie, big shift of him understanding the reason. Yeah. But he, yeah, he, he doesn't know anything about yeah. He thinks it's just a crazy story that his elders tell. Yeah. Right. Um, because he hasn't turned into a werewolf for the first time yet. No, not yet. Mm-hmm. We're close, though. <laughs> Cutting his hair and getting he ripped. Hasn't, he hasn't rode on top of a school bus. No. And then in this in this dance, that's where uh, Bella is just like, hey, why don't you just turn me into a vampire? Like, go ahead. Like, here's my neck. Super it. okay with it. Yeah. She's Hit like, it. right here. Hit it. In front of everybody. I really... I. I really hate this broken leg situation. This would make my life a lot easier. So like hit it. Let's do this. Yeah. And he was like, no, no, no. And it's like, it's like kind of like, I get it. Like I get why teenage girls were like, so kind of like turned on by this mm-hmm. of like this sort of like, she's ready. Yeah. And he's like, no, not now. And the, and, and all the girls are just like, woo. Like I just, <laughs> I get it. Like I, I fucking get it. I think it's exciting. I think it, it's, and yeah, it I mean, is. if it's he turned her exciting. in the first movie, it wouldn't be anything like the rest of the series would be boring. It's the tension of like, right. when is it going to happen? We know it has to happen eventually. Like they could be, cause they're going to live happily ever after. It's what it's like kind of set up to be, but like they really mm. drag it out as long as they possibly can. Um, and the payoff the, uh, is great. <laughs> Yeah, the 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 fake out neck bite that turns into a neck kiss. Yeah, mm-hmm. is sweet tender moment. A great visual. Yeah, yeah, very good. Uh, uh, I have a question about her dress. 
mm-hmm. was only so, twenty dollars according to trivia online. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. Um, I the, the question I have about the dress is when we are first introduced to her in the dress, and as they're walking into the prom, mm-hmm. it is purple, and then in the final scene when they are dancing, it is teal. Is it really? Yes, it's a completely different color. Oh, it is dark it purple, purple when she's like in the house. Yeah, and then oh. it's green outside wow. in the dance scene. That's Edward's I other have, power. I don't have an to that. he can change <laughs> yeah. the colors of her dress. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's like the pixies in Sleeping Beauty. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I maybe green. knowing Bella, she spilled something <laughs> yeah. on it. Anna Kendrick was like, I got my oh. backup dress that's less cleavage. You can wear <laughs> that dress. <laughs> just just yeah. in case they were like, you, yeah, you, yeah. you're not wearing that. And they're like, no, you look fine. And then she got the spare dress. This is me trying to justify mm-hmm. that. I had never noticed it. Now I might have to go watch it a yeah. third time in the span of a month. Uh, <laughs> um, right. and yeah. then the- I definitely rewound it because I was like, wasn't her dress purple? And then we, we rewound it. And sure enough. Different color. So, huh. yeah. And then we end with uh, Victoria watching them from inside. Yeah. Yes. And uh, the last time... her letting her hair. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. So the last time we see that actress as Victoria, because they recast it as Bryce Dallas Howard in New Moon um, and going forward. Oh, uh, I, I, I'm not. Mis- I think she's in New Moon, but they recast her for Eclipse. Eclipse. Yes, because Bre- I guess Bryce Dallas Howard was the first choice. And then uh, but she considered the role to be too small in the first film. And then she's not really in the second film too much, but they managed yeah. to bring her in. And recast. It's bullshit. Yeah, it's not. It's because Victoria is great. Rochelle, yeah, yeah Rochelle Leverve is a, like, and all the the material that I watched and read was so psyched and so ready to like take the character because she knew what was coming. She had read all the books, yeah. so she was like so game and ready to take this character further. She did great. And then, yeah, <laughs> they were just like this. This production was just determined to recast somebody. They were yeah. like, Taylor Lautner? No? Oh, you got buff. Okay. You. We're going to recast you. We have to recast somebody. Like, they were like, well, gung ho to recast it. somebody. Yeah, it's weird. I think the, to kind of, I guess, close things out mm-hmm. is Summit, Summit was in the market for creating, like, a, a, a library of films for themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think Twilight was seen as, like, a first time at bat. Um, I don't think because it was, like, for girls and it was a romance and it was, like, a vampire story without blood and a love story about vampires. Mm-hmm. So you would think those two would cancel each other out. So they didn't see this as like a big phenomenon franchise yeah. until this first movie would become a huge hit. And then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, this is something to, we need to care about this now. Why is this kid not buff enough? Well, let's get Bryce Dallas <laughs> Howard because she's a bigger name. Why is a g- woman directing this? Like, and, and we'll, we'll get, get into oh. all that with new movie. Yeah. Have fun with oh, that boy. one. <laughs> Uh, it'll be a ride wow what a good movie i i i'm glad i got to revisit it thank you guys both for giving me a reason to revisit um because they're just as silly as i remember but they are a joy to watch and it was Mm -hmm. five hours well spent of my life (laughs) this past month (laughs) (laughs) actually wait it had to be far more than five hours each movie is like like a full two hours long yeah yeah yeah. like 10 hours at least Hmm. 10 maybe a little bit more yeah Good times. I uh, I think this first one is is a classic. Yeah, and I th- I think it gets better with age. And I think it's weird how like I think as Gen Z becomes a generation that's more comfortable with like awkwardness and cringiness and wearing like their anxiety on their sleeves. And this movie is so accidentally perfect for that yeah. era. It is. It's it was ahead of its time. It really was. It was. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Scott, I'm excited for you to watch the other ones. Um, I'm excited. Yeah. I, I think you're going to enjoy the, the last few quite a bit. Um, maybe not enjoy, but you'll have a good time. You, you'll <laughs> yeah, have criticisms, but them. you'll you'll have a good time, I think. <laughs> yeah, I'll enjoy them. Yeah. Uh, um, Dagny, do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, yeah, I guess I do. I have a podcast <laughs> that both Nick and Scott have been guests on. Uh, my brother and I host a podcast called Poptimist. It's a pop culture breakdown show focused on optimism. So we like to have our guests bring in something that is not necessarily regarded as great in pop culture, or sometimes it's just something they're really, really passionate about and think maybe needs more recognition in the world. And mm-hmm. episodes are usually just about a little, uh, about an hour or less than an hour. We have almost 50 episodes out at this point, which is wild. Mm-hmm. We've been going wow. for almost a year. Um, yeah, we hit, at least every every Wednesday we have a new episode, and they've all been a great time. Check out Nick and Scott's episodes if you enjoy this show which i'm assuming if you're listening you yeah. enjoy it um so yeah check out optimist and thank you guys both for having me on franchiseography for the second time um i'm i did more research this time x2 billy really kind of steered that ship for me because <laughs> i didn't realize what i was getting into but this time i was like okay watching it twice taking notes going to be on top of my shit so thank you for having me on <laughs> yeah, and thinking really me of it, it for twilight yeah absolutely <laughs> it's wonderful Mm, Absolutely. Great to have you on. And uh, we'll be back next week with guest Nina Howard for the Twilight Saga New Moon. Yes. Bye, everybody. Uh